2: in a world where carolina panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for panthers news and opinions only one podcast roars ferociously it's the c3 panthers podcast yo what's the
3: deal panther fans it's your boy tony dunn aka the professor it's the c3 panthers podcast brought to you by carolinacatchronicles.com where every tuesday night we chop up the latest panthers news and opinion It is the longest run-in Panthers podcast out there, so go ahead, subscribe to the show, be a part of it, get in the chat room, call in at 252-228-5098. Tonight's show, Panthers short on K-1 and long on finding a quarterback. The Panthers did their news dump on Tuesday. Things are back to normal, as C.K. reminded me. And uh, we have parted ways with a veteran, the Podcasts expected this coming. The writers will tell you there's no story here, but we're going to report it. And guess what? We're going to talk about it. Also, rumors continue to swirl around a uh, social media storm that occurred following a hot takes or bold prediction model from David Newton that continues to link the Carolina Panthers to Deshaun Watson. So, we have some fun things to talk about. And I know. Cody is chomping at the bit to talk quarterbacks, to see who the Carolina Panthers want. So go ahead, smash the thumbs up button, and welcome in to the podcast, Cody Lashney. How you doing, my friend?
4: Tony Dunn, it's Tuesday night, man, so you know I'm feeling good. Uh, We got some news that broke today around, uh, listen, the last vestiges of that 2015 season. Kwan Short is out the door. There's officially no more players on the Carolina Panthers from that magic run that we had. So really, you know, even though it kind of felt this way already, it really is the end of an era with Kwan Short leaving the football team. Um, shout out to him. We wish him the best. Uh, but listen, Tony, you already know what the deal is. We do this every Tuesday night with the most lit Panther fans in all of YouTube. People like QT Zero. Brad Dugan, Joby the Black Panther, Esquivel, Chuck from Elizabeth City. We see you. Trill one. QTZ. Yep. Yeah, a lot of the same people. We got uh Mr. J the six, underground west, Tony Dunn. You already know
3: what to do. Let's get it, bro. We got CK in the house. What's up, my man?
2: You know, just uh living the dream as it were Uh, you know, just uh, finally having some news to talk about is obviously nice. Uh, But at the same time, I know it's kind of a, it, it, it sucks because it is, as you said, the, the last, the last piece or, you know, that that we feel that we recall from the 2015 season. Um, And, and so it is a bit bittersweet, but at the same time, it's nice to be able to start talking about things that aren't just, you know, uh, the, the past and we can start moving on to the future. So it sucks. It's 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 nice to have change, but it does suck to see him go. But uh we're ready to move on to bigger and better things.
3: There might be um a couple of players, Cody. Is uh, someone brought up Shaq Trey, Trey Boston,
2: I think was here Trey as well. Boston,
3: maybe we're getting we're closing out on the Dave Gettleman, yeah, Marty Her- uh regime in some ways. The question yeah, but, is, is yeah, Will that was K-1 the first year
4: he was drafted. Shaq yep. Thompson, that was yep. his first year, right?
3: Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because uh, yeah, the next yeah. year
2: it was Vernon Butler.
3: Yeah. Will Will K one short be a Buffalo Bill or a Washington football teamer? Uh, that's
4: a lot of a lot of good options for him, man. Um, I think it's going to depend on uh, what team is willing to sign him and for how much. I kind of think of some of the teams that need him. Um, I, I don't know. I think uh, this is one of those uh players that seems like they can go in division. Yeah. Like maybe he could end up on the Saints or even the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or if they don't sign the Dominican Sioux. Um, you know, uh who Ted Ginn did that, right? He was he was on the Panthers and then he went to New Orleans. I yep. can kind of see that happen. I think everyone kinda hopes that it goes to Buffalo uh just because a lot of the Panthers defensive players Uh, have a good good go of things with Sean McDermott. Uh, They seem to have success in his system. So I don't know, man. Look, shout out to K1. Uh, He's been injured these past two years, and he hasn't really been able to do anything for us. So, I mean, this was in everybody's best interest. Uh, Now the Carolina Panthers are around uh, $20 million in cap space, and we all know we have a player that we all want to sign. Uh, And that that helps us to do that. And uh, signing Taylor Moten, it it gives us a lot of room to do a lot of different things. And uh, he only had one more year left on his contract anyway. So it really just made sense um, from every direction. Um, Yeah, I don't know. But you're probably right. This is the Buffalo Bills or the Washington football team.
3: Yeah, they uh, he was the 44th pick in the 2013 draft. He had 32 and a half sacks between 2013 and 2018. He was inactive twice in that period. It's been a different story since then where he's had multiple shoulder injuries. Um, and right when we needed him to be kind of the fixture and the leader of that defensive front is when injuries started to plague Him, one of the things that I saw, and Jonathan Jones had tweeted this earlier. I want it says this uh, K1 shorts. No, this isn't the tweet. He talked about this is how many pressures that he had, like he led that, like he was in the top, you know, three of defensive tackles in that 2013 to 20. 17 run kind of before the injuries started setting in he was a disruptor he was the one that i was he he was my love out of the two that we had is k1 short and star latula lay both drafted that year Mm -hmm. star the run stopper not as sexy when it comes to the stat sheet k1 short and him together were a deadly combination and ever since star left K1, we just couldn't pair him with anybody, and the injuries continued to be a problem. This is according to PFF, the Panthers releasing defensive tackle K1 Short, 91.6 career pro football focus grade, six among interior defensive linemen. Uh, and this will not be the only cut. You can go ahead and expect Stephen Weatherly, Justin Burris, perhaps Michael Pilardi next as the Carolina Panthers continue to free up some cap space. The sad thing about the K-1 short deal is even though it frees up about nine million dollars in cap space, there is still um, some dead. I think there's some significant dead money still on the contract. So the Panthers, I'll look those numbers up as we continue to talk. But uh, the Panthers are continue to be one of the world's best at paying people to not play football. And uh, hopefully some of that money is going to come off the books this year for guys like Luke Keekley and uh, Matt Khalil, the one that really sticks in my craw. Yeah, we just stopped paying for Matt Khalil.
4: What hey, a, dude, that's, um, that, that's, that's that Marty Herney magic, man. When everybody was defending him, this was the GM over, uh, you know, well, um, maybe not Matt Khalil because that was Dave Gettleman. But there have been yeah, a lot of contracts signed by, by Marty Herney that have yeah. uh, put us in salary cap hell, man. So uh, hopefully our new GM can uh, learn from the, the
3: sins of our former general managers. I wanted to uh, – did you guys see this headline that uh, Cam Newton – Wants to stop spending money on clothes. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to. What's that song? Uh, he wanted you know, to stop what?
4: spending. He wanted to stop spending millions of dollars on outfits that he'll only wear once.
3: What's that song? <laughs> uh, popping tags, popping collars. Got twenty on it, uh, and it's all about the guy going to basically the goodwill. And getting an outfit for the night, that is what Cam Newton says he's striving to do now. he's comfortable enough with his style. I saw even a uh, image of him um making his own hats now, like he's making the hats. like he got tired yeah. of paying that home that guy to make his hat so now that's his new hobby hat making i mean it if is- you're
4: cam Newton, if you're cam Newton and you're thirty two years old. Uh, I mean, dude, I, I figured that was that's the next step for Cam, no matter what, man. I mean, if you're 30-something years old, even if you intend to play, you know, another number of years, everyone has to be kind of looking at life after football. And I just always assumed Cam Newton would continue to do stuff in fashion,
3: and uh, that's what he's doing, man. Best of luck to him. Look, it's he's a bigger becoming a milliner. It, it's the term is a milliner yeah. if you make hats.
4: What the fuck is a milliner?
3: A hat maker. Oh, it's, and that's could, what they're like called? Like a, like a cobbler is a shoemaker. Oh, with shoes and a milliner. Oh, okay. a, a milliner. And the difference between a harbordasher and a milliner is that harbordasher is a person who sells small articles for sewing. A milliner is a manufacturer and designer of hats, a.k.a. Cam Newton. He. Uh, some people are saying that money's getting tight now. Uh, rumors, are, where discussion continues to surround him, if where he will land going forward. But uh, speaking of quarterbacks, it sounds like, and if you saw from the title of the show, it's a stock, it's a stock uh, analogy, stock metaphor. We're short on a stock, like so. We're doing what Wall Street thinks we should do. The GameStop. Right. We're shorting K-1 short. We're shorting K-1 and we're long on the quarterback hunt. The Panthers have made it clear that the quarterback is the priority. We talked about it last week, the interest in a guy like Matthew Stafford. Um, Now, I've heard some talks about not for the Carolina Panthers, but Marcus Mariota as an opportunity or potential yeah, uh, quarterback, and then when you start to look at his contract, you're like, nope, you don't want. Yeah. You would know Marcus Mariota contract, um, and just like K one short, K one short, you know, a lot. I heard this somebody was saying. I'm sorry, I'm changing gears all over the place. I, I saw what someone talking about. They tweeted me. It was a funny tweet, and it said something to the effect of, and and while wow, the Panthers release. De, um, K1 Short, David Newton Puts the finishing touches on his article On how to trade K1 Short The idea behind that is, is That a lot of people had um, I saw the guy, uh, Cat Crave And this is not, I'm not trying to knock on these guys I mean, They're trying to find things to write about And talk about at this time But you can't trade An aging guy Who has injuries And is getting Paid a ton Right? that like that's the problem the contract is the problem the player is not the problem all of a sudden the k1 short becomes an intriguing free agent signing on a team that has some firepower already that's looking to give some rotation get you know some leaders you know some veteran experience I saw someone talking about the Kansas City Chiefs potentially being a landing spot for Kim Tony? Yeah, my camera froze. Mm. Oh, there you are. Hopefully I'm back. I'm back. But uh, Kansas City Chiefs being a potential landing spot for a guy like K-1, and you got to know this, is that he's made his money already, right? K-1 signed the big deal. He's done what all football players hope to do. Right now he's trying to sign a one-year deal if he thinks he's got more gas in the tank and hopefully leverage that into like a two- or three-year deal after that. Or he's going to sign a two- to three-year, very team-friendly, like two years. Chasing the championship. million million. Yeah. And so the Chiefs are at opportunity there. And I do think you brought up a good team with the Saints, Cody, because I think I've heard some issues with – or not issues, but uh, that Rankins isn't going to be part of their defensive front going forward. So k one short. No longer Carolina Panther. Thank you for your service. And I'm very uh, I was a big fan of K1. But now the discussion turns to the quarterback. And uh, today, a little social media misinformation firestorm started as people started catching um, David Newton discussing. I I guess he put out an article that said it was like bold takes or he was like in one of those uh, division articles where they get the guy from the NFC East, everybody. And it's like, what's your bold prediction? And David Newton's was uh, that the Panthers trade two two or three firsts in Christian McCaffrey for Deshaun Watson. But then people started trying to pick it up like it was an offer that was already made. So, again, we circle back to David Newton at the heart of misreporting and this probably – this was not really on him. This is on social media just running yeah. amok, you know. But continued nut murmurs of Deshaun Watson, are we out of the running? Because I've been listening to Texan Podcast, bro, and a lot of them are talking a straight-up switch almost for Russell Wilson. I don't think but- he's moving.
4: I just want to say this. How dare anyone believe anything connected to David Newton? Like, as soon as I saw David Newton, I was like, did we lose Tony on the <laughs> I guess.
2: There he is. There he is. I'm so trying to
4: can... get
3: my... I'm trying to... Uh, keep going. Keep going. I'm just trying to get my... I mean, I, thought,
4: I didn't know what was happening, man. You took by surprise. No, uh, shame on anyone for thinking that David Newton was connected to anything newsworthy. Right? It doesn't matter that he was taken out of context. You know, anytime I see anything from David Newton, my mind just pushes it to the back and keeps it moving.
2: I'm just gonna well, be honest with you. He is not the one that's gonna be breaking that type of news. We'll just put it out there. Yeah. Like he is not going to be the person telling us that first. And so yeah, if he was in the name attached of, to it.
4: What kind of inside information do you all think David Newton has to fucking begin with? Like he doesn't have anything. That guy, dude. I was re- uh, reading his article this morning. Dude, it's not even written well. But like, nothing that he writes is even good. Yeah, It's just, uh it's so stupid. But, I mean, it's really kind of a non-story because, I, I mean, I don't think that we're going to be of interest to the Texans. If, if the Texans are going to have to trade Deshaun Watson, I think there's a number of other teams that offer them better return value in a trade. And um, a, a better pick as well. Yep. Um, and also, like, you know, think of all the quarterbacks that if they were to trade, they could try and get, right? They could either get Sam Darnold, Tua Tagovailoa, uh, you know, what, maybe like, uh, I don't know, who's ahead of us? Carson Wentz, Like, whatever. You would pick all of those dudes before you pick Teddy Bridgewater. And who's then a lot... Well, a lot of it was saying, you know, uh, trading our best player, Christian McCaffrey, for Deshaun Watson. And that is the dumbest shit in the world, bro. And we've had this conversation in regards to paying Christian. Like, a running back doesn't even account for a fifth of the value of a franchise quarterback. And they're not getting that in return from us in Bridgewater or McCaffrey. So. I don't know, man. To me, it, you know, listen, I'm wearing my Clemson shirt right now. I'm a diehard Deshaun Watson fan. Uh, Clemson is on the map like it is today because of the groundwork that Deshaun built. I would love nothing more than for Deshaun to be a Panther, but that just doesn't seem like that's even reasonable at this point.
2: They're talking about, and and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but they're talking about like we're holding our ground he is going to be a texan and if he doesn't we're we're going to find him we're going to go after a signing bonus we're going to do all of this the texans seem to be pretty uh firm on the fact that they're going to they're not letting him go um but that does beg the question if it was a straight up trade no extra no picks nothing else for wilson and watson did the seahawks not win that
3: Oh no, they totally would. And they would and it wouldn't just be totally straight up. um, and and the question is where would the picks come from? But I was listening to the Texans podcast, and they were or one of these Texans podcasts, and what they were suggesting is this is Deshaun Watson is upset, is unhappy. He's a great player, and yes, he is the younger potent, he's the young version of the unicorn every team is looking for. But Russell Wilson, who is kind of like what they described as a fine wine, getting better with age. And I don't know if that – but Russell Wilson went on this publicity tour and really at the Super Bowl made a comment that said he was tired of getting hit. Now, he was watching Patrick Mahomes get just mollywomped the whole time, right? And they were sitting right beside Roger Goodell. But Russell Wilson – Called out his own organization for the lack of, I guess, focus maybe Mm -hmm. on it on that part. But as you watch, I heard Dan Patrick talking about this. As you watch a team like you look at Tom Brady go to another organization, court players to come play with him, Russell Wilson kind of has that, that not only the ability, but potentially the star, the power to attract guys to an organization. The other thing that they were also mentioning was, is that the Texans are trying to rebuild this culture. And somehow it's around conservative Christianity, maybe (laughs) like to their owner. And they were like, Hey, look is if you're going to go to a place, we got Russell over here, the evangelical, he would be a good. Yeah. He's like the chosen one,
4: dude. His, (laughs) His whole life is anointed by God.
3: Oh but well, a- I tell you one thing. For a long time, it was, and it's probably still is, is that if you see his, what is he married to, Sierra or something like that. Sierra, yeah. Um, but there was a long time where I viewed Russell Wilson like I saw um, Patrick Mahomes playing the Super Bowl, and that is throw up a prayer like it's like nope, that's getting picked, and it would be like a touchdown. I mean, I always said that Jesus smiled on Russell Wilson <laughs> when he threw up those prayers, but. I was thinking, you know, what is – is there going to be movement in Seattle and how does that fit with the Texans? I feel like Deshaun Watson continues to be out of our range, right, is that – and if he isn't out of our range, then it is going to take a fortune to get him. And maybe – and a lot of people are saying it's worth it. You know, I was listening to Move the Sticks or Bucky Brooks, Daniel Jeremiah. Yeah, yeah. And this was right after the Super Bowl, Cody. And they might as well have been listening to the C3 Panthers podcast because they were just echoing you. It all starts with the quarterback and it's all worth it, they basically said. Like, whatever it's cost, it's ultimately worth it. Now, is Deshaun Watson the guy? Just, you know, we continue to get the name, but I think that's just us wanting us to be associated with Deshaun Watson. Potentially,
4: well, but it's also it's also Deshaun Watson last year on a dumpster fire a Texans football team put up numbers that were comparable to Cam Newton's MVP season. I mean, if you don't believe me, look it up. He had the most throwing yards uh, in the NFL last season, 33 touchdowns, under 10 interceptions. Like Deshaun Watson is a next level baller, and we've had this discussion on the podcast before. You know, I. I think if Deshaun Watson goes to the Kansas City Chiefs, I think he's every bit as successful as Patrick Mahomes is right now. And I firmly believe that. I stand by that. So, uh, yeah, and I do echo the same sentiment as uh, uh, Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah, man. Like, dude, you know, I I keep seeing, you know, a first round this year, a first round next year, maybe one after that. But dude, I'm telling you that time goes by so fast, man.
3: So fast. Yeah, and Watson's Watson's so young. Right. And like, right. Again, I've I've always I've said on this show that I would feel more comfortable trading that farm away for Deshaun Watson than I would for a pick that could could be. Right. right. It's like, yeah, man, and I, I'm I'm gonna believe you on all your evaluations about what the stealing is. But until those guys actually do it, it's still just potential. Yeah. Watson is and he's young. That's the thing is 25, 26 years old, he's hitting his prime right now. I and mean, you think about this is K one shorts getting released, and he's an old he's an old man now, thirty-two or something like that. He's only one his,
4: So uh Deshaun's only one year, uh one or two years older than Joe Burrow. Uh and that and three more years, will so only be 27 years old like dude that's you know the that the the prospect of having to for the next 10 or 15 years would would be worth it but I think what we have to ask right now is what's more reasonable for us and we're going to talk about the quarterbacks in a little bit I put out a poll which by the way you can still vote on I just retweeted it over 400 people have voted in this poll Um, so we're going to talk about the quarterbacks, but what is more, uh, likely that the Panthers are going to go all in and try and put all the cards on the table for Deshaun Watson, or are they going to try and, uh, procure some kind of trade up the draft, uh, even before draft night, similar to how the, um, the Philadelphia Eagles and, uh, at the time St. Louis Rams did when they moved up for Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. Which one's more likely for us?
2: So that's my question. Are you talking about which one's more likely for us to try to accomplish, or which one's more likely for us to succeed in doing?
4: Well, I mean well from from a from a general manager perspective, from a David Tepper perspective, just yeah. from the front office, like what think what what's more option, worth it
2: to do right now? Option one is Watson, I think, with with no hesitation. I mean, if they didn't want to go after, if they wanted to, if they wanted to go after a rookie, right? If that was the goal, they wouldn't have made the offer for Stafford, right? I think that they're all in on a veteran that they know is going to lead them, um, and and the reality is the only quarterback that for sure is, and, and we've seen this on, you know, everybody talk about this, the only one that for sure is nfl 100 starter ready to take a team to the next level is trevor lawrence the other ones are capable of it and they very well can prove to do that but the only one that anybody has had any confidence in doing that is trevor lawrence and we're out of the equation for that that's not even going to happen so i think i think what would be more uh what would be priority would be for them to trade the farm and get watson what's likely to happen is us to trade the farm and get the number three pick from Miami and then do something different. We got to
3: work through the draft. The answer to the quarterback position is in the draft, and not because of the players, but because of the contracts on the Carolina yes. Panthers right now, is that ultimately you can't it, here, is There is no going and getting a quarterback that has no. money, a big-time deal like a Watson or this and that, without the financial penalty that comes along with Teddy Bridgewater and Teddy Bridgewater will be making $20 million, whether he's on the team or not next year. So we are primed and we are ready to take a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal and not have to rush him from day one, but also not have to say, Oh, we're going to hide him behind Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. But the opportunity to put him in in a confident a spot where you can succeed, maybe the offensive line's getting a little bit better after a couple of games. Maybe you see um, a team that you feel like he would match up well against whoever this rookie guy is. The answer is not a veteran guy because we have – We've swung at the veteran guy like Teddy Bridgewater swinging at us off at a baseball. <laughs>
5: embarrassing,
4: embarrassing, embarrassing. Yeah. But they, they, I mean, okay, let,
3: let me pose this to you. Is it, or there's but, no quarterback, or there's and, and the other end, there is one other alternative. The other, there, well, maybe there's two alternatives. Maybe you continue to try to pluck a quarterback in the second or third round that you hope in a year or yeah. two. Um, could be a guy that you got to steal, kind of uh, Russell Wilson esque type moment, or you say this is that. Hey, look, we got to pay Teddy. Let's just run this back. Let's get some offensive linemen. Let's uh, fit. You know, we're going to be five in eleven anyway, and uh, then we'll get our quarterback next year. Like those are the options. Those are the options. Rookie quarterback now. a a dumpster dive quarterback in the mid rounds or a postponement in team building because you don't have the guy right now.
4: I mean, I I find it problematic that we're so everyone knows how thirsty we are to move up.
2: Yeah, I agree.
4: Everyone knows that we were going to be all in on Matthew Stafford. Um, You know, now, Whoever we call to make a deal, they know that we're desperate. So they're going to be like, "Mm, well, what else can you throw in to sweeten this deal? Because listen, like, uh, uh, you know, David Tepper wants to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. David Tepper did not spend $2.5 billion on an NFL team to uh, come and be a mediocre franchise. Like, David Tepper is trying to build the Pittsburgh Steelers of the Southeast in black and blue instead of black and yellow. And I I think now, um, which again, I still blame him for not uh, taking care of this properly when he had the chance to. um, But he knows now that you have to have a franchise quarterback and he had to find that out the hard way. And now it's apparently obvious or blatantly obvious to us to everyone in the media and to David Tepper and our coaches themselves that if we don't have a franchise quarterback on this football team, we're dead on arrival. Fans don't believe in the team. And it's even hard, I would imagine, to get players to be able to build into this. Imagine your DJ Moore coming back for another year, knowing this is your last opportunity to make a big ass contract in the NFL, your first kick of the can and you know that you have Teddy Bridgewater for another year, it's like, damn, dude, that has to be crushing.
2: I know we all have different opinions about Curtis Samuel, but like, what would be more likely? If you had a Deshaun Watson, what is more likely for Curtis Samuel to want to sign a more team-friendly deal? Is it that he's going to be playing for a guy like Deshaun Watson or a guy who's like Teddy Bridgewater? I mean, like, if you look at it from even that perspective, the guys that we want to stay here – it's going to be hard for them to want to stay here. Yeah. I mean the only team friendly
3: deal people are going to want to sign with Teddy Bridgewater around is going to count on Teddy Bridgewater coughing up some of his coin.
2: Yeah, right. he's going to have
3: to cough up the minivan and the parking space. Lynn uh, says this, and I think this overlaps with your point uh, nicely. Cody is, I think, Tepper is impatient and expecting big improvements despite of what, about what he said about taking his time. And I think this is, I think uh, one thing is, is that Tepper's patience has run out. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it's like, it's like, hey, I tried to stick with Braun. I tried to stick with Marty. Uh, You guys told me that we're going to build this thing slowly. And then I looked at the C3 podcast and they were right all along saying Teddy Bridgewater was a bum and this wasn't going to work. Right. So I don't it's like almost not even an impatience. It is an impatience, but it's just a lack of there's no lack of time now.
2: Let me ask you, what is the quickest way to change a billionaire's mind? Cost him money. Yep. And when you have a when you are an owner of a franchise that hasn't had a winning season since you start you took over, you're you're basically right there. You're gonna you're gonna lose you're gonna lose sales. I mean, we're already in the midst of a bad uh, you know, uh, a down revenue year because of the coronavirus. I mean, you add everything else into that. I mean, listen if i'm if I'm David Tepper, I don't care what I said or how patient I want to be. I mean, when that happens and then you see the 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 quarterback turnover that's gonna happen, I mean, this is the most turnover you're gonna see in in the NFL, I think in a long time at least yeah. from a quarterback standpoint. And so if we're not in on it, we could be setting again, like you know, Cody says we could be setting our franchise back ten years.
3: I just don't see how a free agent signing is uh, helps move the needle in the slightest. Right. Is that if anything, I feel like a free agent signing and and I think this was um, the argument that uh, you guys made against Stafford or we all kind of made against Stafford is not whether or not, if if we, if we want to argue whether Stafford is a better quarterback than Jared Goff or Stafford's a better quarterback than Teddy Bridgewater Then, yeah, that's an easy discussion to have, right? But is that quarterback got the window for you to win and make your team better at a price that is reasonable for what you got right now? And that's when I look around the league, the only thing I could see is that the only way we're going to find a quarterback that's not in the draft at this moment is going to be a guy who's been discarded, who has been forgotten, who needs a second chance, And then you get him kind of like a Ryan Tannehill type project to where you get a year of discount, maybe even two years of discount. And then they're going to be trying to either leave or get paid. That's why I'm going back to this, guys, is um, it's either now or it's just like, get ready, fasten your seatbelt, folks. This is going to be another year or two before we even start to see the plan come together. That's the thing is once you get the quarterback, doesn't mean all of a sudden you're going to go out and win 10 games, but at least you can start building the plan.
4: It's so, you know, David Tepper, I feel like he wants what he can't have because he wants to win right now. And the easiest road for uh, him and this football team to be able to do that is Deshaun Watson. You know, I agree with you. Like, there are very few uh, free agent quarterback prospects out there that really do it for me. Like, there's really only two names that I'd be happy with the Panthers signing, and that's Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. I really don't think we have a good shot at either of them. But the reason why I know David Tepper probably does prefer an established quarterback over a draft quarterback is because the, the point that you all just made. Imagine, you know, Curtis Samuel, uh, you know, wanting to stay here and taking a pay cut to come and have Deshaun play with them. Hey, then imagine you're uh, another free agent receiver out there. I'll just pull out a name, Chris Godwin, right? Uh, you know, now all of a sudden you're won a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay, but now Deshaun's up there in Carolina. Hey, come in division. Whenever you have a badass baller quarterback, People come to want to play with that guy. And if we're able to manage our cap space accordingly and, and, and you know, uh, get some dollars off the book and make some money to sign some players to build a football team and draft well, like Deshaun Watson is the the best answer. That David Tepper could give to the fan base right now, especially after we've been spurned with the whole Cam Newton situation and okay. how they let him go. Like that would immediately ingratiate him to all the fans that are still pissed off about how they did Cam and, and even who they replaced him with in Teddy fucking Midwater.
3: So it's not gonna happen though. Is Deshaun Watson is not coming to Carolina. Is I don't think that we and i and I just think that the eighth pick is not enough of a jumping launching point. Now, um let's go ahead and jump into one cat call and then we'll talk some quarterbacks. All right, we'll keep this show moving. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. be a part of the longest running Panthers podcast. We're in our ninth season. It's uh this is season twenty one point two. it's by the year, the year twenty one episode two be a part of the show thumbs up guess what's free subscribing sharing, smashing the thumbs up that's all we need from you be a part of the community let's see what you guys got to say what are your thoughts on cat calling yeah it's pretty shit.
2: you shouldn't do that to somebody and how did that make you feel
1: uh very uncomfortable
2: so how do you think cat calling makes the person feel it, it feels a two, two, good like and
1: three and a four. And who's
6: that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his door?
7: you'll see three good boy
8: josh from mass Hello, josh thankful that we got some rain up here in the north josh? Of another goddamn snowstorm
3: geez it's so, been uh, raining here for like
8: two uh, all around the country everybody's been having some bad weather i hope everybody in the Panthers family Panthers nation is doing all right true that uh, that aside we released KK, and I mean, I, I wasn't surprised. This is a cut that I I think a lot of us foresaw. You had to foresee it. You just did. Um, guy played five games over the last, I believe, five games over the last two seasons. And has around a $12 million cap hit, dropping him saves us about uh, $8.5 I believe. And we're in a spot where we really need it because it looks like the cap is going to shake out at about $180 million. So my question is, is what do you think we're going to do with this cap for free enough? Is it all to just try to keep Moten or are we going to try to keep Moten and Samuel and, um, you know, just draft? Oh, good good
3: question about Moten.
8: Do you think we really make a a a shot at Deshaun? I mean, I'd love to see it, but... (sighs) I just see it as a situation with too many variables given what we know right now. Um, You know, if we could distance ourselves from Teddy, or if there was a team willing to give us maybe a pair of third rounders um, for him, you know, one this year, one next year, or. I don't think any team's got. I would take this year, a but bag of whatever.
3: Doritos and a seventh rounder for Teddy Brady. Really being
8: justifiable <laughs> if we give up tons of capital because we've got so Hell, much. Hell, just meat, give me the bag of Doritos. Um, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to get offensive line talent somewhere in this draft. We've,
5: they could be half.
8: So, you know, you, I think you can get away with giving up one and two, but I don't know about giving up one, two, and three. Um, I'll take the Food Lion brand Doritos. I, I, I think we're far more likely to move up in the draft on draft night and try to get to number three, maybe even number two, uh, depending on what's what's going on there. Um, You know, whether the Jets are really looking to. To take a quarterback or whether there's other positions they're looking to solidify and they're just looking for. For draft capital. Um, You know, I could see that being a a team that kind of goes either way. So, uh,
5: like, uh,
8: situations, and uh, hope to catch you all later in the chat.
3: All right, have a good one, man. Man, we appreciate it. Uh, I know you're avoiding the snow out there. Uh, he brought up the good thing, the you know, what's uh, actually, a good thing right now is that people in Louisiana are getting snow. Ha! I hope you're. Ruin your avocado farm. <laughs> I, I hope everybody is. I have, fr- I have family that lives in New Orleans. Um, they're not accustomed to it. You know, New Orleans has yeah. one of the highest homeless populations because they can sleep outside in the winter generally. Um, So snow there is abnormal, but he did bring up the good point of Taylor Moten. Lynn in the chat says, Tag Taylor Moten. And that is where the news that I have been hearing the Panthers are trending more and more. We have not heard talks about them in talks. Now, I don't know what that means. Like, do you ever hear about people in negotiations or you just hear that they negotiated? But right now, Taylor Moten on the franchise tag seems the way to go, is the way that the Panthers are moving. I'm upset by this in some ways is that I think this is a can kick down the road. Yeah, is yes. um, is that really at some point, when are we going to sign a player that's actually good? The funny part about the Carolina Panthers, I just pull up the salary cap on over the dot com. Uh, K1 short will count eleven million dollars in dead money this year, despite saving the nine million dollars. Luke Kuechly still at another seven. How the hell are we paying Graham Gano still? One point five million dollars in debt money. I don't understand this. But listen to this: Cody has come on this podcast and told us how the biggest mistake the Carolina Panthers did was pay Christian McCaffrey. But you know what? The funny part about this is Cody—he's the third highest played play. He's the third biggest one against the cap. He ain't even close. Teddy Bridgewater. Any guess on who the number two against the cap on the current Carolina Panthers team is?
2: Uh, Against the cap? Uh, Yeah. Hold on. I I, want to guess this because I I know I'm just not missing it. It's not. No.
4: It's not. You want a hint? You want a hint?
3: Defense or offense?
4: No. Yeah. It's Chad Thompson.
3: Yes, it's Shaq Thompson. Now yeah, think yeah. about this: our largest cap hits right now, or just salaries? Teddy Bridgewater, Shaq Thompson, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson—all
4: players that are vastly overpaid.
3: Robbie's Robbie is right. It, look, actually, these guys are getting though. Christian McCaffrey and Robbie Anderson are getting paid what they deserve. Robbie, no, dude,
4: whatever, well, twelve million dollars. Twelve million dollars. No, whatever. No.
3: No, let's right, go pick another. Well, yeah, right. No, you could go here. Well, go. that's fine. Is that, like You don't got to love them. But what I'm just saying is we could get some other receiver for like yeah. $9 million who's not even in the same class. So $12 million for a receiver who put up 1,000 yards is not insane. Uh, $12 million for Christian McCaffrey, not insane if you think of it just in the vacuum. What is insane is that both of those players contribute more to this team I will say more. That's wrong. But Shank Thompson, like, why is a middle linebacker? If you want to talk about positional value, not he's not even, even a middle, middle linebacker. linebacker. Yeah, he's not even a middle. He's not so, even middle. So this is why I, I guess maybe this is why I'm less. You know, I'm not not ready to jump on two bo- on board on dumping on Robbie Anderson. It's only one year left on the deal. We could cut him right now and save uh, eight million dollars if we wanted to. Um, But Christian McCaffrey, again, you know what? Elite player. What I'm learning, though, is this. Think about this list. Here are our top cap liabilities. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, Shaq Thompson, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson. Finally, we're at Matt Paradis. Then we go Stephen Weatherly, Trey Boston, Derek Brown, Justin Burris, Brian Burns, so this is where I'm going circling back to the Taylor Moten conversation and why I don't think the franchise tag is the appropriate way to handle this is that if we really were playing it by the numbers, like you want to do Cody of what positional values are, we're paying all the wrong positions period.
4: Yes. It's roster mismanagement. We're it's okay we're, if it's
3: one or if, if, all right, so we can argue over Christian McCaffrey, right? But we're talking about, all of the first five positions, it's not right. It's not right. Why don't we have – this tells us there's been zero investment at offensive linemen. There's been zero investment, really, at defensive end as well. And, well, and you know, that investment is a true monetary investment is what I'm saying.
4: We're also overpaying players at positions that you shouldn't pay a lot of money for. And I don't care if I have to be the Debbie Downer that keeps on ringing this bell. Christian McCaffrey is overpaid. This is nothing against him as a man or as a player. He is overpaid. If you look at the Super Bowl winners of the last ten years, you will be hard pressed to find a team that has paid their running back more than two million dollars. Okay, Shaq Thompson, as you alluded to, is not even oh, a that's middle a lie. linebacker. That's
3: a lie. What's a
4: linebacker? No, what's a lie?
3: Do I need to show you more evidence? Yeah, dude, look, yeah. Dude, what the teams paid their line uh, of their running backs?
2: let for the Rams. Are you talking about won the Super Bowl or went to the Super won
3: Bowl? Won the Super
4: Bowl. Well, Super Bowl, that's the only thing that matters is winning the Super Bowl. If you made it there, uh, it, it doesn't matter if you had a high-paid a high running back. All the teams that win the Super Bowl never have a large portion of their – salary cap money going toward the running back position they also what
5: don't have most of that.
4: they also hold on they also don't have the money going towards an outside linebacker who is primarily a 4-3 outside yeah. linebacker so he's not even a pass rusher and he's not even our inside linebacker who is in charge of i wouldn't co- even uh, you know i wouldn't even the, put him as
2: the leader no, know, my, not problem is not
3: only, my problem isn't really what we've paid Shaq or it Christian. I mean, that's some of it, but it's the other side of the coin is what we're not paying other positions.
2: Yeah. Like right? we're it's not, not it's paying left like right, right
3: tackle. Yeah, like we have, not, we have not, and that shows you we've postponed the investment. And that is my fear with Taylor Moten. You franchise tag him he gets older, he gets more expensive, he either gets hurt, you part ways, and you're the dicks of the situation, or he goes on to be sensational next year. And again, you can't do nothing about it. While you're trying to draft people, wouldn't it be nice to have one guy that you believed in on that offensive line that you then started to Build the next guy and the next guy and the next guy, and it's just kind of like if you look at this, is that really we are a squad of children and bums? Yeah, well, yeah, well, not tell not me who's a not a child and who isn't a. But bum Catherine's
4: now. not a bum, and Shat Thompson, right. I would say, is a he's bum. Yeah, I'm gonna say he's this a
3: Okay, his yeah, over, yeah that's fine, but he was also, we put, we put a lot in on Shaq without him showing out. Yeah. yeah. It's not even, I mean, it is that he's overpaid, but here is that, why do we pay him some, this again, we paid Teddy Bridgewater a bunch of fucking money, he didn't show us shit.
4: We have we not paid, ever- have had good decision makers paying people uh, the, the same thing that you're saying with Shat Thompson right now, like what evidence was there that you would sign Shat to that kind of dollar amount like on film it's the same thing with Teddy Bridgewater what, exactly what what portion of film in their past caused you to look at them and say, yeah, this is a good contract for the services they will provide us. It is bad roster management and it hurts us now. It hurts us now because we have money going toward players that are overpaid. And, you know, uh, dude, winning that Washington game, I know I harp on this, but, man, that was a bad win for a team who was desperately trying to get their quarterback. And David Tepper has to take a lot of the blame for this because one of the things I was saying, and Tony can vouch vouch for me on this, I was saying rip the Band-Aid off. Right after you came in, after you gave Ron Rivera a chance, the next year you should have ripped the Band-Aid off with him. You should have ripped the Band-Aid off with Mario Herney as well. And then you probably wouldn't be in this situation right now. To bring it all back to Taylor Moulton, and listen, I know you guys might disagree with me, but I believe that Taylor Moulton is a better player and provides more value to the Carolina Panthers than Teddy Bridgewater, Christian McCaffrey and Shaq Thompson combined. Well, that is how important to a Christian player McCaffrey. like Taylor Moten is. I do think this
3: is that uh, Lynn says. So, what are we talking about doing then? What do you do if do you let him walk? Do you no? You don't. You don't even franchise him. You extend him. And she then says, "Is what at what amount?" I'm at the point right now. Is that I'm not gonna let two or three million dollars a year on the salary cap let this big dog walk out of town. Yeah, and by I will, I will cut and that's what I've been trying I that and that has been a lot of my argument against you about Christian McCaffrey, though, is that if you're trying to say, Oh, is it two million dollars too much? You know what, I'll find a way to save two million dollars to get the thing I want. Or that sounds a lot like, you know, what I'm saying, but you know, you can if you really want a new shiny webcam or something like this and you have a limited budget, what you just do is you find ways to not eat out. You find ways to cut in other areas because you want to spend you want to spend that money here. So what I'm saying here is this is I want to invest in our offensive line. I want to invest in Taylor Moten. And if that causes us to say, you know what? we're going to allocate a little bit more to him than we truly want to, you know, $5 million over five years, then so be it. Stephen Weatherly, see you later. Um, who else? You know, and, and, and at the end of the day, wouldn't you say if you had the choice between Taylor Moten and Robbie Anderson that you could sign Taylor Moten and potentially draft – the next Robbie Anderson and the two or three hole in this upcoming draft or find a guy that maybe could fit in and get some of that. So I think that Taylor Moten is a priority for this team because we have not had an offensive line ever. So you want to know why we don't have an offensive line? Because we haven't done what it takes to get one. But
4: also, here's a good example. But but why is it that all these players that aren't worth it, we have no problem signing them to these big dollar amounts? But then whenever it's an important player like a right tackle or like Andrew Norwell when he was about to leave, we're like, eh, well, you know, there's only so many dollars you can spend on a football team, and you have to like all of our best
3: players. We're like, eh, well, I don't know. I don't want to spend – uh, I'm with you. I'm going to use your own argument against you, though, is that we shouldn't spend that money on guards, bro. That money should be reserved to the tackle positions.
4: Why do you think Patrick Mahomes was annihilated in the Super Bowl? Because their entire offense,
3: because all of them were fucked up, man. It but wasn't just also, one. It was the the Remmers was playing left. a guard was playing right, a guard was playing center. It was like nothing. There wasn't even one player I don't even think on the squad that had played that position all year long. So no am girls. I saying guards are unimportant? No, but are they more are you more able to find alternatives for them? Again, this is like back to your dollar cost averaging assessment so Taylor Moten is on the clock for us I think we gotta go ahead and expect that Justin Burris and Mm -hmm. Stephen Weatherly another 8-9 million dollars you can put on this cap to get somebody I think that those guys uh, have to have their phones on uh, silent right now airplane mode
4: but if we cut them you know who do we have behind them?
3: How, important, how important? One as you can get um, league minimum dudes, right? How so first of all, I would say roster? is this: is who, uh, how, yeah, how important is Justin Burris to this Carolina Panthers? Uh, uh, I mean, he made some, um,
4: he made he made some splash plays, but not do, do any of us see him as a starter, as like yeah. a, a, a future part of our plans moving forward? No, it's a good. Rotation. I Stephen Weatherly's got to
3: Stephen Weatherly saves us almost 6 million and he played like 8 minutes last year. And, and I like the guy. Like I like his goggles he plays with. He's super nerdy and smart. He's got this beautiful family. You thought he was going to be coming from Minnesota and finally getting his opportunity he got like a, a little finger injury dude. done.
4: He's a glass blower too. Did you know that? Uh, no, really? Yeah, me and my mom were watching uh, that glass-blown show on on Netflix, and he was the special guest on uh, one of the shows. Yeah, he's so into- he likes
3: to smoke weed then, too.
4: <laughs> Probably so. But, you know, at that position, though, we really don't need him. So we have F.A. Obadi coming back. Uh, we, we know we just drafted uh, your tour gross models. Um, we have Christian
3: Miller for five. Yeah, centers. so
4: Christian Miller opted out uh, last season because of COVID. He's a guy that I was really high on coming out of
3: Alabama. Um, Marquise Haynes is getting one, paid $1 million dollars. That's it.
4: Yeah, so we really have rotational guys at that position. I mean, we really don't. You know. I would say Justin Burris is more important right now than Stephen Weatherly, and I'm not. You know, that's not an endorsement of Burris. That's just yeah, yeah, this just from a from a position standpoint and and where a roster
3: is strong.
2: I don't disagree but, with that yeah, statement at all.
3: I don't dislike Burris, man, but at some point is that you have to recognize you're on a team that you're making more money than Brian Burns. Um, yeah. It's crazy and, and think about- you, I mean, it is insane. I mean, Brian Burns, this is the importance of rookie deals. But the, I, I don't know how we don't have any cap room. I don't get it. How do we not have any cap room when our best-paid players are just Shaq Thompson, Teddy, and Christian? It's going to be a while,
4: like- man. The combination of Gettleman and Herney, two completely inept idiots, ran us into the ground. And we're going to be dealing with it in, for a little while, and we're going to see how skillful our general manager is in navigating these types of situations. You can All manage right, to, to have us point.
2: long-term, sustained success. Uh, you know, obviously, it would be fantastic if we had a franchise like the Seahawks. It sucks that they've been a, a value. I mean, been uh, you know, been relevant for so long and only had two Super Bowl appearances, Appearance one of which they won, but nonetheless, they've been successful, and that's what I'm looking for. I want to be able to look forward to every season, and if they can build something like that here, I think that'll be uh vastly improved because my first thing i wanted to say to you cody when you said you know two inept idiots is we those two inept idiots did build a super bowl franchise right
3: and i was up here i was a gentleman and and by in 2015 2016 i was a gentleman believer bro yeah i had the gentleman for president in 2016 as my profile so hindsight is twenty twenty, but somebody brought this up. As Joseph Broach said, the reason we don't have an O-line is because we drafted 20 DBs under Gettleman that didn't pan out. <laughs> half of them were under Gettleman, and half of them were under Herney. Uh, the list is long and unimpressive. Actually, one of them did pan out. He just panned out for New mm-hmm. York. Yeah. His name was James Bradbury. All right. The number is 252-228-5098. We're about to get into this quarterback discussion. How do we fix it for the Carolina Panthers through the draft? We've talked about potentially the options of Deshaun Watson, but we're focused on a different solution that we think is probably the more prudent one. Who will the Carolina Panthers draft at quarterback? If they do this year, will they punt on it I've got some big thoughts, and this is what I want you guys to think about as we take this call. Every year, the NFL draft comes about. We rank the players, and guess what happens? Some team does something crazy. They go and get the uh, K- K- Cleveland Farrell guy at, like, the second pick or something. You're like, nobody saw that coming. No. So will Trey Lance be drafted at number two, leaving us with Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or something even wilder? You never know when the NFL draft. The number's 252 228 Let's see what you guys got to say. Hey,
7: this is Tyler from Swiss Bond. Um, What's up, I've Tyler? a question for Coach. So, take a lead, so <laughs> you guys are really high on Trey Lance um and it's, you guys seem to be getting higher on Trey Lance just about every single week. So I guess my question is how do you justify his extremely low completion percentage? Um I get that completion percentage can be an inflated stat, but at the same time against some bigger competition uh his completion percentage has been below 50%, and and that's what worries me. That's why I also think that we're not going to draft Trey Lentz, and I think more than likely you're going to see us draft Mac Jones, and I hate to say that, but with the coaching staff being so high on Mac Jones uh, during the Senior Bowl and um, Matt Rule getting a close look at him, I really think the odds are pointing in the Mac Jones direction. Um, Also, I've seen reports saying that, you know, he can sit behind Bridgewater for a year because we can't waste that contract. And I don't see any team taking on that contract or wanting him as part of a trade deal. So we're kind of stuck there. Uh, I I just really think all signs are pointing in the direction of Mac Jones uh, because he's more of a fit for joe brady's offense than what trey lance is i just think mac jones checks one of those important boxes important as in important to joe brady um that trey lance just doesn't so um not saying that i hope we get mac jones but i'm saying that i think that's the direction that we're going to go with
2: reading the tea ladies
4: Yeah, so listen, Trey Lance is going to be a quarterback that we're going to be talking about a lot uh, over the next couple of weeks. And uh, his completion percentage to me is, listen, we do this thing, and we're going to have to talk about this with Tony too, because I do believe Tony is starting to come around on our guy Trey as well.
3: No, I'm easy, no. bro. I'm easy. You put a shiny toy of a pretty girl in front of my face. I'm yeah, now
4: all of a sudden, North Dakota State don't matter too much to you anymore.
3: But I, uh, just, listen. I put the little protector over the name. That's what I did. Anytime I see Bryson, I go, man, that's got to be something else. <laughs> uh,
4: listen, you know, a lot of people want to talk about the level of competition that a person plays. Um, and, and that is important. And a lot of things go into that. Um, you know, I, I, I'm I'm more impressed by Trey Lance's lower completion percentage with lesser receivers and lesser talent that he was still able to lead to an undefeated season for their conference in 2018. I'm more impressed by that than Trey Lance or than Matt Jones, pardon me, at Alabama sitting in a pocket where a bunch of behemoth offensive linemen are protecting him keeping him upright uh he has a problem like with the completion Waddell. percentage
3: i don't understand what the completion percentage problem is
4: he, he was saying that against um and i was looking this up that uh, um against um certain levels of competition he has a uh, below 50% completion percentage um, well,
3: he did. He played one game in 2020. One game. Yeah,
4: and that was and, like-
3: I, and he was 15 for 30, which was 149 2 touchdowns, one interception. RTG was 107. I don't know what that means. I mean, I'm guessing that's like their quarterback number. But here, here's what I'm looking at is um 2019, there's 192 completions on a 287 attempts. 66.9. So that's a 67% completion rate. 28 TDs, zero interceptions. So I don't know if I see it as a red flag as much as we thought with like Josh Allen, right? Was it a completion percentage? Josh completion? Allen
4: had like a fifty seven percent completion. And it percentage. was over
3: more than one season.
4: Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, it was uh two seasons at or uh, no three seasons at uh at Wyoming. But, yeah, listen, he's the type of player that what you have to understand is you're drafting a tremendous upside. Um, You're drafting a player that has all of the things that you look for in a quarterback, the ability to run, uh, to be able to run RPO type type offenses. Um, that really confuses defenses. When I mean, look, I have to tell you guys. I mean, look at what Cam Newton yeah. uh, did forever here in Carolina. Uh, but also the arm talent, man. And this is when I really start to um start to preach about not judging the helmet. You're judging the player. A tight window throw is a tight window throw. Uh, I mean, reading, you know, going through your progressions and trust in your protection, going from one to two to three. Back to one, like being able to you go through to do all the things that you have to do to be a franchise quarterback. He exhibits all of those traits in a way that Matt Jones doesn't. Now, one of the things that we don't know is how good they are on the board. So, understanding, um, you know, the playbook and and, and learning on the fly. Uh, you know, there's a lot that Trey Lance has left to prove because he doesn't quite have the resume that these other quarterbacks do. Um, it doesn't have the, resum- the resume of Justin Fields definitely of a Trevor Lawrence and even uh, not as much film as Zach Wilson so uh, when you look at what he was able to do in such a short amount of time yeah the, the dude uh, has everything that you want and if we're going to have Teddy Bridgewater for another year no matter what it, it's like it does help that we have the ability to either let him sit and learn for a little while or we continue to suffer through Teddy and his bullshit, um, or he's able to come in and play right away. And whenever you do your research on the young man and listen to his interviews, he's an incredibly hard worker. He's been counted out his entire life. This is another guy that didn't get a bunch of Division I offers. Uh, a lot of teams passed on him. Uh, I forget the college that he wanted to attend, but they wouldn't even look at him. They wanted to play him as a receiver. Uh, here, hit full screen, Tony. Uh, so like, even on, on that play right there, man, to drop it in a bucket, there was not a lot of separation on that go route between the receiver and the defensive back. And Trey is able to just layer it right in front of him, drop it into the bucket, and let his receiver do the rest. Um, I mean this kind of arm talent. But like, look, that's a fucking sixty-two yard throw right there, man. Like, dude, that the he has all of the intangibles that you want from a quarterback. And look how tough. The man will put his shoulder down, bowl you over and fight for the extra yardage. He's put together well, six foot four, two hundred and twenty plus pounds. The guy represents a building block that doesn't come around very often.
2: Well, that, that so. begs the question. Cause I think it's, you know, I know we're going to be talking about all these guys. Um, I think the trade lands would probably be in the category of people that has, um, has the He's potential to really, old, by the way, the potential to really like skyrocket in value at the combine or really take a big dip. Like he seems like he could be one of those types of prospects where the combine does a lot as far as what his position will be um, in the draft. I know his film looks good, but because of those question marks around the talent, around what he's going to be able to do on the NFL side of things, do you? Would you agree? I mean, what what are some of the prospects that are most likely to be? I, mean, wh- I guess which which prospects is the combine most important for?
4: Well, uh, you know, you first and foremost you should value film over what you see at the combine so for example orlando brown has been in the news recently wanting a trade and mm-hmm. tony i don't know if you remember this but orlando brown uh had a notoriously horrible combine uh, i mean he, he, yeah, he looked, looked at,
3: terrible to, the problem with even, Orlando even Brown is he press. just like looked fat and sl- like it didn't it just he just yeah. looked like a big gooey blah
4: and he blah, didn't blah. test and he didn't test uh he didn't put up a lot on the bench and, you know, offensive linemen is supposed to be just physical play strength at the point of attack. Um, so when he only had like, I want to say like 12 or 13 uh, bench presses of 220 pounds, like, that's incredibly low for an offensive lineman.
3: Yeah. However, throw right here. Oh goodness.
4: Yeah. Rolling to his right back across the field from the opposite. Look, looking,
3: looking people, right. You are getting everybody moving. Boom. Yeah,
4: Teddy Bridgewater on his best I, day would never be able to do some shit like that.
3: Um, nah, but I got reason, a lot to say about Trey Lance, so keep going. The reason I
4: brought up Orlando Brown is because whenever you looked at his film from Oklahoma, you were always able to see, man, this dude is talented. Like, this dude is a good tackle. He just didn't test well. Um, it's the same thing with Trey Lance. Like, I see him as a very fast quarterback. I see the arm talent. Um, and unless he just absolutely looks pathetic at his pro. And by the way, it's not even a combine this year. Like every college is going to have their own version of a pro day, kind of like what Trevor Lawrence You're gonna just did. They're not going to do a real
3: combine this year?
4: No, everyone. Uh, every college is going to have their own pro day, and they're going to do all of the things at their pro day. So. God. That sounds horrible. I mean, that's, dude, that's. uh, Guys, if you want to get me less
3: interested in the combine, you know how to do it, not have it. (laughs) Yeah, right? Um, 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 All right, so um, you put up a poll about Trey Lance or Justin Fields, right? In fact, it just closed 930. I'll, I'll, I'll pull it up. And when I'm in full screen, I can't see you guys. I need two monitors,
2: bro. So bad. I. Um, Dude, yeah, you, can get, I mean, you can get a nice little hundred dollar monitor and it'd be perfectly fine. I know.
4: All right. So, uh, is this able to show? Well, yeah, you're gonna have to take yours off, Tony.
2: Okay. All right.
3: Here, let me take these Mac Jones. I want to look at these highlights. Still. All right. Let's see what you got. Oh, I gotta add here's my suggestion to StreamYard. We need dual authority here in the stream. I want Cody to be able and CK to be able to manipulate the stream, not just me. Um so I, this is the poll that I put up on Twitter uh,
4: with over 401 votes. This was the question that I asked to Panther Nation. Uh, who should the Carolina Panthers pick? If both are on the board at eight, Trey Lance or Justin Fields, and uh, at seventy one point three percent of the vote for the Ohio State Buckeye Justin Fields, uh, what Um, I I didn't even vote. I let everyone. I let How everyone. I did you not vote. vote? vote. I'm I'm testing the temperature, man. Because right, I voted. Like, I I see. Oh, well, I already know who you voted for. You are uh you have a crush.
3: And Isn't it it weird? TV? It's weird. I tried to tell this girl I didn't like her. And then uh, yeah. guess what? It was like me. You know, it's like when uh, kids tease each other. Yeah, It's like yeah. Uh, you're being mean. You're like, he likes you, little girl. So yeah. I was being mean to the bison. I got uh, some reasons, though. I voted Trey Lance. I'm one of those 28.7 percenters. All
4: right. So
3: You uh, want to know
4: why? why, Yeah, why why don't you tell us? And then we'll ask CK who he would pick based off of uh, what he knows. And then we'll read some of the comments that uh, I promised that we'd read.
3: All right. So um, when I – and I have not watched a lot of film, right, is I've seen Justin Fields play a couple of games live. Not like I was there, but I watched him on television. And I've seen Trey Lance play a couple of games. In on YouTube, now I like this. Trey Lance to me is like they both have similar type body type, body what? types to me, body types, body types. Trey Lance okay. and uh Justin Fields, they look like uh I'm trying to think of who they resemble in the uh, maybe Justin Herbert a little bit, maybe a Marcus Mariota figure. Like, what do you, what would you, what you talking their about? Build? Both of well, them, they look very similar in their build, builds to me. Kind yeah, of but, tall, like could grow into a man body, but also athletic looking. They and, are both
4: very athletic. They're both, uh, Trey Lance, but not giant
3: like Cam, right? It's like neither of them do you look at. Both of them I look at in this, and I would be maybe like a little bit of Lamarish. You know, is that, like, they can run, but you're hoping they don't get.
4: No, 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 I disagree. No. So, uh, Especially when you see that Trey Lance video when he puts his shoulder down. Like, yeah, okay, but, he man, he's a, six, a big five. boy. He's yeah, but Trey Lance, boy. Is not, Trey Lance is not thin. Like, he's not a little dude. If you look at he's him, he's 6'4", 227.
3: Well. No, he's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that Yeah, you're right. Is, that, is Justin Fields that much different, though? uh Justin Fields is probably uh, Justin Fields is 63,
4: he was in the 230s but now he is in that 220 pound range. Physically very I would physically body types. Well, I would compare ones. I would compare Justin Fields more to a Deshaun Watson in a body type um and I would compare um uh Trey Lance That's more to Rodgers. Well, no, more like a I mean, I really do see a lot of Josh Allen in him. I mean, he really does have a crazy arm. He's around the same height, that 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, Dude, Cam Newton was 6'5", and Trey Lance is 6'4", you know? Um, he doesn't get hey, hurt. Hey, he's,
9: tall. he's tough. He, here's, well, he yeah. doesn't get
3: hurt because he doesn't play because they didn't play at all. Uh, here's one other good thing about Trey Lance is he's 20 years yeah. old. Yeah. While uh, Zach Wilson and Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, all old men at 21 years of age. This is awesome how young quarterbacks are. I looked at Trey Lance's, I guess, tape. That makes you sound like I don't know nothing about this shit. All I know is this is I got the regular eyeball test and his footwork seems pretty legit. Like, he seems to move and navigate around the pocket well, right? And I think that's important for a guy so they're not just a run-first option. I like that. Um, The other thing that really stood out to me for Trey Lance, and I'll need to go study what Ohio State's uh, offense looks like and BYU's, but he played a good deal under center, and yes. I like seeing this, is I like those pro formations because really you see a a lot of quarterbacks slinging around the yard in college out of the shotgun, but the that does not help the running game and it gives defenses a little bit of an advantage, it feels like, when you're only out of the shotgun. So I like that. I think that he is um, – I think he checks the boxes of – Potential. I think he is more what could be. Justin Fields is a little bit more now, and Zach Wilson, out of those three, is like uh kind of the safer. Uh, we're used to this type of quarterback a little bit more. Uh, I,
4: mean, I don't know. No, I re- like. I would. I mean, if I'm ranking them right now, I haven't put out my official rankings. That's still a little way down the road. But right now I would put Trevor Lawrence number one and Zach Wilson number two. Zach right. Wilson then who's number
3: incredible three? You, this you year. Tell me, you tell me who number three is
4: right now I have to give it to the resume that I feel deserves it the most. And just narrowly right now I would have Justin Fields just a little bit of head a little bit ahead. That does not mean that I don't have my own personal intrepidations. What about is.
3: potential? What about the ceiling? Well, do you put him I ahead feel- because of his resume, what he's done, and the power five spirit that he's been in? Or do you look at Trey? Trey Lance could be the guy that scouts are saying this is the dude who makes me the genius. Um, And I think that there's more of a risk with Trey Lance, but I think that the upside is higher maybe for him and Zach Wilson. And my buddies on uh, Play Like a Jet podcast, they put out a podcast and story yesterday or today about how Trey Lance actually fits the Jet scheme the best. That's what I was trying to circle back to is that on draft day, somebody always does something silly or against what we think. Maybe a Fields or a Lance goes above a Wilson or something like that. Maybe Lance falls to eight. These are questions that or these are things that could happen.
4: Yeah, they definitely could happen. Um, I would say that Justin Fields has a higher floor. I would say that Trey Lance probably over time, has the potential to have a higher ceiling. Um, but That's that said, though, that but also, but listen, I also don't want to. I don't want to uh, short sell Justin Fields either, because you have to understand that him and Trevor Lawrence have been neck and neck since they were in high school as these highly talented quarterbacks that have won everywhere they've been. Um, in, in high school, Justin Fields was winning games and putting up numbers and doing all kinds of crazy shit. He wasn't able to start at Georgia, but the minute that he takes the field at Ohio State, and they have have a ton of talent, but so what? So does Alabama and Clemson and LSU and all these other places. So the minute he stepped foot on the field for them, he was as advertised. He has a live arm. Uh, One of his uh, longest downfield throws was a 61-yard bomb uh, against my Clemson Tigers, no less. Uh, putting it right out in front of people. He is very mobile. I mean, his legs are a real weapon. He is incredibly nimble. He also has relations to Cam Newton. Uh, He's been at a lot of Cam Newton seven-on-seven competitions throughout the year. Uh, Cam Newton has been in videos telling all the college teams that they need to sign Justin Fields. Um, So they're kind of buddies and boys. And a lot of people uh, I think in Panther Nation, kind of see that as passing the baton from Cam Newton to his protege in Justin Fields. Uh, I don't the, care
3: about that one bit. That shouldn't. That's not influencing my perspective.
4: Yeah, it doesn't. But you know, to some to some people, it does. You know, stuff like that does kind of matter. And they do have a similar play style and um, uh, how they throw the football. But as a runner. uh, you know, people try and compare them, but my my real problem with Justin Fields is even though he has never missed a game due to injury, he has been hurt a lot. I mean, he was hurt last year against Clemson in the semifinal. Uh, uh, one of our linebackers damn near broke his rib this year um, in high school. He had to have a surgery on his throwing hand on one of his fingers, so I'm always of the mindset that if you're hurt in high school and college, that probably doesn't get better as you move into the pros. Other than that, that's my only real trepidation with him. I think Justin Fields um, doesn't go through his reads um, sometimes uh, quite as well. Like He'll get stuck up on one receiver and did not come off of him fast enough, but it's not all the time, and it's just little moments uh when the protection breaks down yeah. and he can kind of get flustered i've seen that happen to trevor lawrence too um so again i i value his tape very high um i just worry about his uh his injury history uh but ck did you want to chime in on this before i uh uh read read some comments here
2: like i i think that you know what you've that that's the perfect example of what we talk about you know and and Trey Lance again is is at the at the height of, of of the combine, I think, will be a big part of what motivates teams to either put him above certain, you know, uh certain prospects or not. Um, you know, I, I I don't think you're gonna see a tremendous amount of movement with these guys, but I do think that you're right. I think Trey Lance has the potential to be that guy that's you know taking you to a level. You know, I'm not gonna sit here and say he's the potential to be Pat Mahomes right nobody was has the potential to be pat mahomes until they're pat mahomes um but you know he he does have a higher ceiling it, but there's also that fear of like if he fizzles out we've just again now we're setting our our franchise back another 5 to 10 years um and whereas fields is a is a safer bet we know that he put him in a system that he can thrive in he's going to do well um so but i'm in, i'm the same I, last year i said my concern for tua was his injury history I, you know, my same thing with Fields this year, Um, I voted for Fields just because I think the same thing, you know, just the volatility that surrounds Trey Lance. We don't have enough um, evidence to show that he is, you know, NFL ready. But, you know, I think the combine can change a lot of our minds.
3: Cody, you got a new fan. Lynn is a fan of yours. And your analysis you bring.
2: Can we can we also talk about and I don't mean to take away from Lynn's comment there, but can we talk about? We didn't we didn't talk about it all the the fact that Miami has made a commitment to Tua. How? Have they? Really? Yeah, they've said that they're committed to to, to the development of Tua at this point, which is why in all the mock drafts, you're not seeing Miami take a quarterback anymore.
3: Hmm. I also have seen um some discussion too yeah. about the Atlanta Falcons having too many holes on their team to be able to devote their draft pick to a quarterback when they got one. Yeah. So this is where the draft day excitement comes in. And by the way, the C3 Panthers podcast every year does a live draft party where we watch the first round of the draft together, react to it. And this will be our, we started doing that maybe our second year, so this would be our eighth, I think, draft party, somewhere in there, seven or eight. Um, you know, is that there's always something bizarre that happens. And that's yeah. why I continue to say is like watch watch uh Jacksonville take Trevor Lawrence, watch the Jets take like uh Trey Lance, and then someone trade in. For Zach Wilson, all of a sudden, Justin Fields is there. You know what I mean? And I, I just like this is, I don't know. I think that Justin Fields feels safer. But I think that that's just a little bit because we're afraid.
2: Yeah, I agree. I'm I, yeah, not overly
3: impressed with him. He's very good. But I don't know. He doesn't get know. you excited. This
4: is what I would say. To, so listen, I've been listening to a bunch of people this draft you know, draft season already telling me, oh, Zach Wilson, I don't like him. His pocket was too clean. Or Trey Lance, eh, he plays for the Bison. That Then not even yeah. division one. Or, oh, dude, these Ohio State quarterbacks, they never work out, man. Look at the history of slubs they've had come through there. My thing is this, and I, I don't care who it is. If you don't like a player, I just want you to be able to tell me why. Tell me what about them you don't like. So, for example, I don't like Matt Jones and Kyle Trask. I can tell you why. Because they're not mobile. I think that today's NFL is dependent upon quarterbacks that can move the pocket and make a play when the pocket breaks down.
3: Or survive when their offensive line is all hurt. Yeah, absolutely. To be able
4: to to be able to make a play on their own and um to be able to, to make tight window throws. I value that highly. And I do not see the mobility or the tight window throws from Kyle Trask and Matt Jones, he has a good deep ball, but he also had a ton of wide open receivers at Alabama with a bunch of first round like Alabama has another two wide receivers that are gonna go in the first round this year and Devontae well, and Devontae uh, Smith
3: uh, and Jalen North Dakota state is also like the Alabama of their division. Yeah, and there so was the that yeah, and so he's got similar talent on their scale. I think what's fun is you were you guys were saying what we can tell me about who you like, who you don't like. One of my funny things is is that I'm in like my th- on my third date now. <laughs> Is that uh my first date, my like was Zach Wilson. Like I already fell in love and got turned down because he has climbed the ranks of being in my mind what seems right now to be the consensus number two. Yeah we're going into this season before we saw anything. It was fields, and I'm sitting there going, oh my I could get this beautiful Zach Wilson. Is he a jet? Is Zach Wilson a jet? And he just looks like another Sam Darnold blonde. Have you seen? Uh, did you see Zach Wilson's mom's?
4: Yeah, she's hot as hell. Yeah,
3: she's good looking.
4: I did see her. Uh, I, I do. I watch. So you know, I treat quarterbacks. I treat all my evaluations a little bit different. I don't just watch film.
2: You I try and, based on, I, on how hot their mom is. Yeah, I always
4: did. their moms and their sisters and their girlfriends. Yeah, for sure. But what I always definitely try and do is uh, uh, listen to their interviews. Like I want to know a little bit about what motivates them, what their background is, what they come from. You know, their their level of emotional intelligence. Like all that stuff is really important for a quarterback. Um, and you know that's why I'm I'm sold uh um on Zach Wilson and Trey Lance. I I do think that they're great young guys. I think that they're motivated. Um, they have a chip on their shoulder. They have something that they want to prove. And I see a bunch of that in uh, in Trey Lance. And uh, I see that in Justin Fields uh, also. Uh, a lot yeah. of these quarterbacks have a lot of these traits that we want. I wanted to um, hit on a few. Yeah, get to, so, get to these comments.
3: Get to these
4: comments. Yeah, so my man, uh, TLS Panthers V2, uh, says, Justin Fields, because he has more experience. Him being an Ohio State quarterback and some small injury concerns are definitely flags. Um, but he didn't just start one season in the FCS. So again, a bunch of, a lot of people still hold this sentiment that because he didn't play division one football, that um it's a gamble. And that they're not yeah. necessarily wrong. You know, I just think there's some nuance to it. Uh my man ah Ray says Justin Fields, he can make every throw inside or outside of the structure. Uh, like that he can get good throws off without a clean pocket, as I alluded to. Uh, almost He's a like a follow
3: Sean. on Twitter, man. I like him.
4: Uh, yeah, oh, that, ah, that's my, oh, yeah, that's that, that's my man, that's my homie. Um, uh, Matt Jones is gonna be better, says Trap Trap 2. Uh, there's my, G
3: Cavassier. G Cavassier wants some fields,
4: yeah, man. He says fields. Uh, he says fields, fields
3: reads the fields better. Pun <laughs>
4: intended. <laughs> My man, Jay Tisdale, says both of them um, I'll roll with, but I'll take <laughs> him because I know his intangibles. He can lead. Not saying Lance can't. I just don't know his intangibles. I got to watch his interviews. And you already saw I posted an interview up for him to watch. Um, I really enjoy listening to uh, quarterback interviews, especially when they're breaking down their own film. Uh, I really enjoy that. Um Uh, One man's uh, one fan's opinion, uh, UNC Navy 03 says one month ago, I would have said Lance, but watching fields more lately, it's clear he's more consistent and better at recognizing and manipulating defenses. And that was one of the things that I felt in watching um, Trey Lance's 2018 season. I was impressed with how calm he was and how well he knew the play. And he never seemed to overwhelm. He never seemed to have a problem um, reading the defenses. And he didn't throw an interception. And I think that's where people kind of miss that. Um, In 2018, my man didn't throw one interception. And he was chucking the ball downfield like Tony showed you earlier. Um, Pantaholics podcast says, I'm giving Fields a slight edge because of his resume. Uh, but we can afford to keep Lance on the bench if he needs time to adjust. So there's another one too. A lot of people are saying if you're gonna, you
3: what know, about this Trey Lance's Carson Wentz 2.0? What is your response to that? <laughs> Me and him went back and forth and back and forth, dude. It, it's such a lazy
4: criticism. It do, okay. The only is it really? Reason, it, it, yeah.
0: criticism?
4: Why is he because Carson Wentz? Just yet. Why is he making that comparison? So my thing is this. If you're going to compare a player, tell me what's comparable about them. Don't just tell me that they were both quarterbacks for the Bison. Tell me both something big different.
3: Both arms, both mobile, both. I don't know. You tell me. What is the similarities? I, I think that, if anything, I think the league's given up too quickly on Carson Wentz. I can understand the trepidation. I can understand the concern with him. But to toss a guy to the wayside after one season of just a shitstorm that was the Philadelphia Eagles, I, I mean, two years ago, people were saying this guy is like the best quarterback in the league. He had
4: an MVP type of season when the Philadelphia Eagles went to the Super Bowl. I mean, that season, you know, Nick Foles finished it out, but it was built on uh, what Carson Wentz was able to do. Uh, For him. So I agree with you. I kind of think that they're giving up on him a little too early, but I think it's a very lazy comparison. Like, you're not, you're not one telling me all the reasons why Carson Wentz failed, and then telling me why Trey Lance represents those same types of qualities that you think are going to fail. It just doesn't make any sense. It's not, it's a lazy comparison. Um, Our man, Dev, uh, Panther fan for L says Lance by 1%. I feel like Trey has the potential to be a top three to five quarterback if he isn't rushed on the field. Then again, I feel like Fields will be around top ten every year and probably can start big
10: one.
3: All right, my question to you. All right, so I think that that, that's the number one edge right there is who can start faster. Right, the question I think, and I do think this is probably going to be a legitimate question for Trey Lance limited experience in college. Not only is it limited experience in college, it's not the best of the best. It's not the most advanced sports league in the world. Let's just say that, you know, it's not the pros, right? So um, is the curve is there, are there concerns about the curve enough to put fields over the top when it comes to that Panthers are at picking at number eight and in some odd worlds, uh, Trey Lance and Justin Fields are there. Cody Lashney, what are you doing?
5: <sighs>
4: Don't you, put on, be really? a pussy. you put me on the spot right now, yeah. I
3: mean, you brought Man. this crap up, you yeah.
4: i yeah, I did listen. I, you know, I'm probably gonna say Trey Lance,
3: wow, and the, and, and yeah, the like
4: reason, it. and the reason. Like, listen, I I think the the film and the overall body of work for Justin Fields is more impressive. And I do think Justin Fields has an incredible amount of physical talent to back it up. Like, it's not like conversations in the past where uh, even Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow did all this incredible stuff, but the arm talent, he didn't have a big arm. I would say Justin probably has a bigger arm than Joe Burrow. but I think overall, even though trey lance um hasn't played as much for as long, I think his upside uh the potential that he has in him, I think is ridiculous. and as He's you got mentioned the
3: biggest arm in this draft, Zach Wilson dude, it's tough,
4: man like. Uh, they, Do you, are you ready to blood? shit on oh.
3: Trevor Lawrence? Is Zach Wilson got better arm talent? No, I don't. I don't. Trevor?
4: I don't. I don't think. Trevor I'm not trying to get to, you to
3: shit on him, but if if we were just looking at, I that,
4: don't. I don't think Trevor has the biggest pure arm talent in the draft. But still, he has he has Zach. crazy arm. Man, sure. but it, it's between Trey Lance and Zach Wilson. Do mm-hmm. both of them? They throw fucking missiles. But so does Trevor, man. Like I'm just saying. So does that Justin one. Fields. Like, I, I don't want to be hyperbolic when I say that there are four potential franchise quarterbacks that all exhibit multiple different traits that a franchise quarterback must show. You know, I'm not just trying to be generous and say all oh, these guys are just Great. You know, this is a good quarterback class.
3: Lynn asks who has the best pocket presence Uh, of the four. If we're talking of the four, Trevor, hands down, hands down. Both. I like the way uh, Trey Lance looks in the pocket. I do like he is not just run first, dude. I'm telling you is that they show him running, but that's not his game. It's not like the game, it's part of his game, but his game is as a quarterback. I have to look at the other guys. So I put you on the spot Trey Lance, Justin Fields are there at the eighth pick. The Carolina Panthers, Tony Dunn's the GM, Kyle Pitts. <coughs> <laughs> nope, fuck that I am not. Damn, you part. really
4: had to change your heart, huh?
3: No, you're yeah, ready loving. Nah. You, you already got me. Yeah, got me. Yeah. Now you
4: the, the top. I'd top, rather
3: bro. I'm starting to wonder though, what happens? What do you do, Cody? If we're on here on draft night and the chips fall, Justin Fields is there, Trey Lance is there, and we pick say Sayu. What's his name? Sue. What would you do? Yeah.
4: Yeah. What do you do? Dude, I don't even I I almost don't Would you be pissed? To, Would
3: you be pissed if you passed on both uh, of those? Yeah. guys?
4: Fuck. They're that good. They're that yes. good to get the best. Yes. But also oh, there no. is almost Come dude, on. the Panthers are,
3: are so the best tackle, bro. We could load up, we could get Moten. we could get Brown, we could get this guy, that guy, bring them all in, and then yeah, plug we'll in. We'll give
4: Teddy Bridgewater five minutes to throw a five-yard pass.
3: No, we're back after Teddy that we give a good pocket to.
4: But, it, the it can't, next, man, whatever. Based right. on what right. I know, we
3: go, let's go to the next call real quick.
4: Well, Joey, no, hold on. Joey, Joey said he wants to, you know, he has to go to Bay. He wants to know if you can play this call, if we can get the call in for, oh, God, before he has to go. special
3: request. What's the last five, four? 5522. Five, five, two, two?
4: Dude, you know handicapped people move to the front of the line, Tony. (laughs) Come on. Don't pretend you don't know
3: this. Stupid. That's funny. That's funny. All right. Uh, Five, two. Here we go. Hey,
11: guys. It's Joey. I wanted to tell you about a crazy dream I had last night. uh, (laughs) That's answers related. Oh, God. This is hilarious. So I'm at Walmart. Uh,
3: every and panther dream starts at walmart i
11: yeah. doing something I don't know wow. what I'm doing
3: I <laughs> can't remember
11: but I'm at walmart nonetheless and all of a sudden I hear on the intercom attention if Teddy Bridgewater plays another snap for the Carolina Panthers that is evidence that points to the existence of a deep state <laughs> and uh, okay. there was a girl that said that and so I immediately dropped what I was doing went to the front found it, the girl who said that he made out customer with service. And, wow
2: <laughs> <laughs> I took a turn
11: and uh, <laughs> the state thing I guess she was talking about because Joe Brady handpicked Bridgewater uh, Bridgewater basically paid Brady end up making him think that he was an Olympic. But uh I guess that's what that means.
3: But did he say anyway, an Olympic guys, or a limp Limp. Wow, wow!
2: He said limp dick, 100%. Oh, God.
3: Okay. He said that he was an Olympic. Uh, <laughs> um, I, believe, I, believe I did not know. say it. First of all, the chat room is bringing all this up. I'm not talking about this. <laughs> Y'all make fun of me. Um, yeah, oh. we
4: make fun of you because you're the one that brings it up.
3: Because it's real, bro. Like, how can you not bring it up? His stuff. Like, the elephant
4: in the room. No, bro. His stuffs.
2: You mean elephant I mean, it's trunk? It's
4: not real. It's not real. It's I want
3: to. Um. Look is. Listen to this is I want to give my man Dexter Henderson. He sent me an email. Dexter Henderson, he sent me an email and said, hey, professor, just wanted to c- congratulate you on the coming of the new season on the C3 Panthers podcast. I wanted to say a huge thanks for keeping me up to date and on, on all the Panthers news over here in Manchester, England. Really hard to get the gossip over here. The fan base doesn't have the fan base you have doesn't have to be gigantic for it to be successful, dude. The podcast is the real deal, and I love listening every week. Uh, keep pounding, Tony. Best wishes, Des- Dexter. Thank you, Dexter. First of all, is uh, just thanks for taking the time to pound that email out, man. Keep pounding. Uh, those small things make us, you know, just because we get up here, and we're just rapping with our friends, having a good time. And it's nice to know that uh, that people enjoy like us in this community that we've been building, right? And on top of that is England plays strong for some American football. We always get some of my best people, some of the best people. I must have a little bit of English and Irish and something deep down in me. It's
2: not well, just Italian. I'm I'm what do you... Who are you laying uh, with?
5: <laughs> yeah.
2: Laying with? I ain't laying with nobody. Uh, you said you had an Irishman deep down inside you. <laughs>
3: yeah.
4: Yeah. God. You did say that. To be fair, I just heard. Well, you I say don't.
3: It. Oh my gosh, y'all!
4: I mean, you said <laughs>
3: it. He
4: did. He didn't say anything. I mean, you, you said say it, say it though. You did say it. That's something that you just yeah. said. And you
2: and you did start it out by saying a little one. So I mean, I guess. Yeah. I guess and I wouldn't it, notice if he was there.
3: Thank God he's not Black Irish like Teddy.
4: Could have, uh, <laughs> fucking, could have been a fucking leprechaun.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Next call.
12: Yo guys, it's Nick. Cover me. So for a uh, it's Tuesday afternoon.
4: What's up, Nick.
9: Uh because uh, he backed out. right. I'm back. I'm
12: back. The I'm Carolina back. Panthers <laughs> may be interested in trading Teddy Bridgewater. Hell yes. CMC. Three first-round picks for Deshaun Watson.
2: That's the you know, that's the quote of the I'm not
12: David a Bridgewater Newton, trade, right?
2: Which you know, nobody I
12: that, man, for joining us. Good. CMC, I'd be okay with trading CMC. We got Mike Davis. You know, while I would love to have CMC with us, you know, get to get the guy that we need, I'm okay with giving him up. But then to give up three first-round picks on top of that, I feel like that's too much. I feel like it should be Teddy Bridgewater, maybe Dante Jackson, maybe Robbie Anderson, Um, one of those guys. You know, somebody somebody who plays a role and does a halfway decent job but is not over the top once you start factoring in CMC and three first round picks, like that could be a trade all in itself. But the only way that we'd be able to make it happen is if we also got rid of Cody Bridgewater. So, I mean, I'd love to hear what your guys' thoughts are on that. Um, maybe you guys can come up with another player that would be good a good trade for
2: it. Shaq
12: Thompson. I mean, the only way that I would be remotely okay with trading all of that for, um, for Deshaun would just be we would have to load up on weapons in the offseason. We would, we would definitely have to get a couple of tight ends. And at least one of them would have to be a very good tight end. We would have to show up the offensive line, which we already need to do anyways. But now once you start talking about getting rid of one of our star running backs that is very easy to offload the ball to real fast to get the pressure off the quarterback, now we're just screwing ourselves, you know. So would love to hear the, your guys' thoughts on that. And uh, I got a nice uptick. I am icing up the entire media for not covering the solar winds hack back in December any more than for like a day or two. It is the, the largest winds. hack in history, and not just in U.S. history, in global history. Okay, and on top of it, they hacked not only us but a few other countries as well. Oh, was and this on sixty and minutes. there's been next to no coverage on it whatsoever. So I up everyone in the media
2: for not covering that. Love the show, guys, and keep pounding. It doesn't fit the narrative of what they want to talk about right now.
4: Hmm. <laughs> I mean, so uh, a couple of points to 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 hit on. Well, I need to look that up. I have no idea what he was even. Talking about the solar wind uh-huh. tax,
3: a sophisticated malware campaign attributed to Russian intelligence, has affected local, state, and federal agencies in the U.S., addition to private companies, including Microsoft. Um, we the second group was likely using solar wind software to target organizations, so it's a type of yeah software. Uh, Austin, Texas based solar wind sells software that lets an organization see what's happening on its computer networks. Uh, in the Russia attributed attack, hackers inserted malicious code into an update of the software. Oh, so this is awesome. Well, I won't say awesome. <laughs> so, what they That's did awesome. is they hacked a company that then works with like all of these other entities arguably to see if you're like working from home virtually, basically Russia hacked the internet to find out that half of us are taking a nap while we're supposed to be. working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically um,
4: to kind of hit on uh, Nick's call a little more. Um, you know, he's talking about giving up Christian McCaffrey and three first round picks and that frankly he thinks it's a little bit too much. And it is steep. And listen, let's you know, for somebody who is as critical of Christian McCaffrey and his contract, like I'm not I'm not dumb. I can admit that a a a combination of Deshaun Watson and Christian McCaffrey is better than just Deshaun Watson uh by a lot. You know, Christian McCaffrey's an incredible player. Um again to me I, I would want to just offload the, the contracts. Like, you know, he made the point of saying we would have to um really invest on some weapons if it were gonna go and get to Sean. But you know, and again call me the Clemson fan or whatever, knowing that you have a Travis Etienne who's probably gonna be available at the top of round two, you know, that we could pick up and is a receiver and is a running back, and you're moving off of all that contract, all that money. You know That's why I've always been okay with um, McCaffrey being a part of it. But if we're going to add another player's contract to it, like CK, you mentioned Shaq Thompson. Yeah. But the, the thing that sucks is that we're already so thin at linebacker. And it's like to, to ship him out, you know, he wasn't the root of our problems. He
5: wasn't.
4: He wasn't tremendous last year, but he's not a hindrance in our linebacker core like Tareer Whitehead was.
2: Yeah, but the the problem isn't what his skill level is; it's what we've just recently talked about, which is right, he is contract. well overpaid, right? And now.
3: he might be more. I I think we're almost saying he's better than average when he might not be.
2: I think he's I think I, he's I think he's, he's mediocre. Bad.
3: Yeah, I mean I hate to be like that because I want all these guys to be awesome. I do too. I you want man, I, I I like, like his that. jersey. We jet we drafted him. I'm like, oh shit, we're gonna keep this damn linebacker trainer going. Gettleman knows what I thought he was gonna be. You know what Gabe, Dave Gettleman was trying to find with Shaq is what um Jeremy Chain is right now, yeah, yeah.
2: That's exactly what I was looking for. How mad does that make David Gettleman, though? That that he wasn't the guy who found that Jeremy Chen.
3: Too early on it. I think that I don't even think he was too early on it. I think that we've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast about Ron Rivera's um, resistance and hesitancy to putting in players. I think the other time, sometimes you're trying to play checker chess when everybody else is playing checkers. And think about this. We drafted Vernon Butler to kind of use his leverage against KK and whoever else it was, star. You know, we like, we were trying to go, all right, we can keep doing this, we can keep letting this roll. We drafted Shaq with the idea we're going to replace Thomas Davis. And you know what? We didn't have the guts to just do it. And so the years that Shaq would have been just, like, exhilaratingly good, he was playing a backup role. So, I, you know, I mean, I don't want to blame it on Shaq, but, like, he is not Levante David. No,
5: he's, he's not. not, he's
3: not, no, he's not no. And, you know, he used to be more electric. Who knows? Maybe he's dealing with injuries. I tell you one thing though, is the team likes him a lot. And if they don't like him a lot, they sure know his contract is a hindrance and they're making him a leader no matter what. Yeah. He was giving out game balls like crazy this year. They made him the centerpiece. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's like just like uh you guys have said it, CK said it, Cody. You said it is sometimes it's hard to judge one player when everybody else around him is playing like shit. But I did not look at Shaq going, oh shit, that mug's making plays. No yeah. one ever really has.
4: And uh, I still His have the first vivid... few years,
3: he, he was instinct, instinct. I
4: feel like some of the most vivid memories I have of him are tackles that he didn't make.
3: Like in the, like
4: in the, in the. I
3: remember uh, him uh, in 2015, like remember in
4: 2017? playing against
3: Fitzgerald. Remember yeah, he but- was lying. He was he didn't uh, wrap
4: up on Kamara in the Superdome uh on the goal line uh in two thousand seventeen when we went into New Orleans. Like he, he he didn't wrap up on the tackle, put his shoulder into Kamara, and you know Kamara, he does his voodoo shit, bounces off and just strolls right into the end zone yep, yep. because Shaq couldn't wrap up.
2: Yep.
3: Yeah, it's um Look, is it, if anything is we're just desperately pleading for Shaq to work out because we saw Vernon Butler not. You know, is that we've been through too many of these misses. Um we've had a tough run over the last 5 years, I would say in missing some high level
2: our first rounders, yeah. I mean, or even our first two two rounders. I mean, you look at Kelvin Benjamin you look at Devin Funchess, Uh mm-hmm. You look at Shaq Thompson. You look at Vernon yeah, Butler. Butler. Uh, you I look mean, there's at, uh, Kyle, who's the Love? I don't know. Was he, was he a...
0: Little? Little?
2: Little? Little? Sorry, yeah, little? Yeah, Little. Little. Yeah, Little. Uh, was Greer third or second? I feel like second. Mm-hmm. Third. Third.
0: Third. I would.
2: I know he's our third look. pick, but didn't we trade up into the second to get him? Nah, that was Little. Okay. But yeah,
3: nonetheless, the best, I mean. uh, we need well, we're not going to walk down the road of draft mishaps again. Um, but the fact that Shaq Thompson is like the best he's not is Brian Burns is the best. In fact, that's probably our most I would say Brian Burns has turned out better than D.J. Moore. Yeah, I would agree what do you with you that. Say about
2: that? That's I would agree with made. that, but that's because Brian Burns' uh, success wasn't reliant on a quarterback being able to get the ball to him.
3: It was also True.
2: reliant on him getting in the rotation. Yeah. Like he
3: played, he's only played a year, uh, like a year and a half.
2: You know my Brian he Burns, yeah, yeah, fifty-two
3: snaps, like his first
2: yeah. year. I mean, it's, I don't want to take anything 50. away from Brian Burns, but if you're going to compare the two, I mean, DJ Moore. Uh, I would
3: rather as, have Brian Burns than DJ Moore.
2: I mean, I, I can understand that. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here. I mean, I think you need to a, have a, a, a great defensive end. And in this, uh, when you're having to deal with some of these quarterbacks, especially with what Cody was talking about, the 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 prototypical quarterback that is considered a great quarterback now is one that's mobile. If you don't have pressure coming from the outside – you're you're not really going to be able to stop some of these guys. And you saw that, you know, a lot with Patrick Mahomes up until he didn't have an offensive line to stop the defense. But that's exactly what we talk about. Is like if you don't have that defense to get to the quarterback quickly, he's he's gonna be able to make magic happen. They didn't let Mahomes do magic. They almost got a couple times because of some ridiculous throws. But like uh, I I think Brian Burns without question, but I, I think we're also judging uh judging DJ Moore on a handicap. Both of them were at like
3: 16 to Brian Burns to me has superstar. What do you mean? 16. Like at 16th pick around no, that. No, mid. no, no,
2: DJ Moore was like late. Cause it was there. It was, after, was it yeah, 23
3: maybe. Yeah. It was like, 23, nah, he, 24. he was the first wide receiver. He taken was. In and that's
2: why we were surprised. We were able to get him.
3: No wide receivers. Be taken. There wasn't.
2: I remember it we, we were, it was Calvin Ridley and DJ up. Moore. And none and, of them.
3: And they went back to back, right? Didn't we yeah. I thought they were both mid it mid rounder. Nope. I thought they were both around. It was sale. at the oh, end of the end draft. Of, yeah. we of it was
2: after the twenty seventeen season, so we yeah. were in the playoffs.
3: No, that yeah, but oh, so you're saying that we got DJ later because we were in the playoffs that year. Yeah, exactly. And then we got Burns at sixteen. Okay. All right, the numbers two look, smash the thumbs up button. Be a part of the show. The number is 252-228-5098. two two eight fifty ninety eight. Let's go to the next call.
10: Hey guys, this is Chuck from City hey, the City giving me a call. Um, probably gonna be one of two calls a day. I guess this is the call Let's that do it since it's slow, um, slow time, off season. Not a lot of news. Just got thinking about you guys since we've um, I've uh, experienced the show now for this past few months. and enjoyed it immensely. Um, I, I know. Um, that Cody is a big Clemson fan. So other than the Carolina Panthers, what one sports team or what one activity do you guys love to do or are interested in outside of the Panthers? Uh, Tony, I know you support the East Carolina Pirates. I'm a a grad myself. Um, But what one thing, uh, CK, um, Greg, I know one of you guys has got a bunch of uh, Star Wars or, or a bunch of uh, Marvel comic figures on your wall. That's
5: great. Just, well,
10: one thing you guys each individually, if you're not following the Panthers that you follow, me myself I'm a huge sports guy the Carolina Hurricanes after the Panthers and I know it's a little off topic
1: but no, then you all see great. there, the there has to be a way to divert
10: your rough. attention, uh, whether it be a musical interest like my band Clutch I love listening to or Uh, Just anything else, whether it be the love of food or or maybe you like to knit clothes. I don't know what you guys like to do.
5: But (laughs) ask me something outside of the Panthers
10: to take your mind off a slow-off season. Uh, Anyway, guys, I'll get back up with you later. Oh, Um, nice. I like like this call. call. All
3: right. This is a great Uh, call great call because we get to know each other. Uh CK, you can't say play video games. But you can. First of all, CK is the master. He is the worst 150 game winner on Call of Duty in the world. That's his words, not mine. He is the master of streams.
2: But what is your th- what are your things, CK? Um I think right now I think obviously. G- gaming, yes. I mean, that, I didn't want to go easy on this. Um I I wanted to also say following other streamers, but I can't really watch other streamers as much as I'd like, you know, because I'd I'd, I'd much rather be playing the game, which is why it was so hard for me to kind of grasp why people would want to watch me. Um, (laughs) You know, but but my
3: favorite answer Kevin says porn. (laughs) 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 I would. uh, Mr. J.O. I would
2: say Are I'm starting in this. Obviously, I like the Marvel series. I like anything you know, sci-fi related. So anything that way. But um, honestly, the the first thing that came to my mind when he said that was the stock market and cryptocurrency.
3: Oh Are well, you gonna sell your Doj coin? I sold. Dude. I
2: sold 500 of it when it was up, and then so I'm right now. I'm just dealing with. A, it gives. I still have fourteen thousand Dogecoin. That I don't even like. I didn't basically. I'm playing with house money at this point. House money. Yeah. Cause I've sold the amount that I put in when it was up at its highest peak. And so um, it's dropped back down now, which is actually, you know, I'm glad that it did at this point, not when I before I sold the 500. It's
3: because damn, Elon Musk. Elon
2: Musk is like, a trader, dude. Yeah. He's, he's the where is. he is bipolar. He's the real
3: life Tony Stark.
2: He is like bipolar, I think, as well, because like he's awesome. I he, love his he ears, makes
3: markets move. I do like does. how uh, he is a rich advocate. Like I do think we need like rich warriors more. Yeah, where it's yeah, like yeah, fighting for the big guys. No, not fight, like fighting fight, for them, fight, but like, like, like fighting for their unique causes. Like you know what I'm saying? So they're like, I've got 90 billion dollars. Instead of just trying to make more billions, I'm also going to try to build Tesla. You know what I mean? Like, it's, or space. Think of Elon Musk. It was like, he did SpaceX, and we're talking, this is like 2009, bro. And he's, uh, you know, so I like that. He's like a eclectic rich person. All right, uh, Cody, what's your outside the Carolina Panthers? and by, Oh, CK, before we move on from the stock market, I do want to say this. My I started a stock market account in 2015, 2016. Yeah. Like just I put two grand in it. Yeah. It's like my it's like my fantasy stock account. It's not fantasy because it's real money, but it's still like I mean, I'm not like relying on it. I to this past week it has tr- is uh hit six grand. So nice. it's tripled, it's tripled in six years. Yes, that is I, nice. The sad part about this is that like ninety-eight percent of any money I have made has been off of two companies. And it's PayPal and Square. And I've been selling Square off for the past six months, yeah. like a little bit by a little bit, and the bits just keeps running because of Bitcoin. Yeah. PayPal and them are all just—they fl- are fluffed up because Bitcoin is hot right now. So I don't think I'm good at stocks. I just happen to be good at buying Square, yeah. which I bought
2: at like so, thirty bucks. Do you want me to depress you even more? Two seventy. Um, so I put my stimulus—the my stimulus check in—um, when the stock market crashed at the very fir- beginning of the whole pandemic, um. And then that turned into uh, three thousand. And then I put, I I took that out of the market, and I put five hundred dollars into Dogecoin. And then that turned into eighteen hundred. And so, (laughs) like, I have basically, I took, I took thirteen hundred dollars, and then turned that into five grand. Yeah, in a matter of. Less you than gotta pay a, year. a lot of
3: taxes on it then
2: i'm, I'm not i'm keeping everything in like uh, i haven't re- withdrawn it and actually put it and in my bank account lose. yet you're gonna lose then all right no. Co- uh,
3: is don't be afraid of the tax man just take your money uh, cody what, or is your love outside the carolina panthers
4: so yeah you already might know the clemson tigers uh you know that's That's my college team. I go hard for my Tigers. But um, if you've been listening to the podcast, or if you follow me on Twitter, um, I am a diehard MMA fan. Uh, I've been a huge MMA fan since I was 15 years old. Uh, I've met Dana White. I've met Joe Rogan before. Um, I've like just how I break down football film for you guys. Like I could do that with MMA too. Striking angles, different styles, takedowns. Like, I love it. I'm into it. Um, there, Is there was fighting
2: a, in general, or just in Um,
4: uh, fighting in general. Like, I grew up loving an, like anime, Dragon Ball Z, like all these different action types, Marvel comics. Like, I thought my man I, was gonna I,
3: say boxing. I grew I, up loving boxing, but well, you know a what? Sport. It's I swear, I remember I was
4: watching. Uh, mike tyson with my dad when i was like five and six years old so i have been watching fight sports forever
2: Uh um, only i only asked because um my uh a, a high school friend of mine she's in bare knuckle boxing oh, and a, oh, like a taking a, it back to 1905 it's it's and they <laughs> she just fought uh hold on let me tell you
5: Bare
4: Knuckle is that? Yeah, no, no, no. He's talking of there's an organization now. uh, It's called Bare
2: Knuckle Fighting Championship. Yeah,
4: and there's actually an argument that it's safer.
2: Yeah. Um. So she fought, and she just she just fought and beat. Uh. What's this person's name? Um. Oh my gosh! Now, what's your name here?
4: (laughs) But yeah, Tony. They're saying like if you if you wear gloves and you have hand wraps, your hands are secured, and and it it allows you you, to
3: keep wailing. It allows you to
4: punch even harder. Whereas you know, there's an
3: there's an argument for this. I saw a guy make it. There's this like, they're not Anazazi, Mexican. like there, but there's this group of people that live in Mexico. Like they're like an indigenous, they're indigenous people. And they like run till like they're 90. Like they just, they run to like the next town. And it's like, and I watched this guy and these, this guy who I saw him like on Oprah or something a long time ago. But there, his point was this, is that they run barefoot. And uh, his, his argument was is that running bare, barefoot was healthier than running with shoes on because you can just put your head down and plow through injury and pain and this and that. While if you run barefoot, like you're worried about where you're stepping and you know, you—it's just more intentional. I assume that—that's the parallel you're making with bare knuckle boxing.
4: Well, also, well, yeah, also, but aren't your shoes like? I heard someone say that, like the natural arches of your feet, like it, it, your feet are built that way for a reason. And when you're wearing this big, I
5: got bad pad, feet, bro. So and when you,
4: when you have this big padded shoe. It's like your right. foot isn't it isn't interacting with the ground. Yeah, you heal pain. Yeah, yeah, really yeah, like, yeah. That's what they're saying. Like your foot, instead your foot of on doesn't, the balls of your feet. Right. Your foot doesn't yeah. interact with the ground like it should. But um, so, yeah, but man. It was it, uh,
2: Paige Van Zant. Paige Van Zant.
4: Wait, wait. You know her?
2: No. My my friend beat her in bare knuckle uh, fighting. Oh, okay. So, that, yeah, she signed yeah, a contract. I heard
4: about that. I heard yeah. about that. Eat
2: that yeah. ass, yeah. Paige Van
4: Zant used to fight in the UFC.
2: Exactly, yeah,
4: yeah, and uh, and then uh, she's not very good <laughs> yeah. to be to be very very frank with you. Well, she's she probably...
2: could beat
3: my ass, I'm sure.
4: She needs to be a a model or something. She's fighting is uh is not her thing. But uh, tell me, what's your uh?
3: Yeah, Mine is yeah. all right. So I got a lot. First, uh, I saw my mom in the chat room. So first, my I love my family. Number one, I'm a I kids. My mom's is number one. She's the most important person to me. Don't tell my wife that. All right. Uh, <laughs> no. Don't worry. Um, we're not
2: gonna mention. We're not going to we are not going to say anything to her.
3: Yeah. Nope. Uh, no. We won't um,
4: message her. I got.
3: I have a. My, I wear a lot of lot of hats of interest. Right. So number one, I'm a historian by trade. So I like to read and write my first thing I love to do. Right. And so I'll read about anything from, you know, I mean, I'm a nonfiction guy, number one, to but I'm reading right now. I'm like working on Gulliver's travels, stuff like that. So I love yeah. to read, love to write. My number two is in the kitchen, man. I love to cook and I cook a lot. Like I cook every day multiple meals uh and uh even over the pandemic my new thing has been getting into making bread baking bread should i say um and then last i'm into woodwork like working in the garage like woodworking and building things so i just like a i feel like i have a creative gene in me like and that is i don't know is this i want to create like is it this podcast is it a video is it a skit is it an essay i don't know i just love to create so that's my thing um all right so uh, outside of the panthers and football and i like this i go on the radio on fridays on pirate radio love being with my family like um and the off season is sort of a respite to me when it comes to football, like I know I don't like, I want the Panthers to win every game, but it's nice on Sundays to not have to do the post game. Isn't like a low pressure. These things are low pressure in the off season. And strangely, we end up talking even longer than in the regular season. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. 50, 98, Chuck, part two.
10: Hey guys, this is Chuck from Elizabeth city. calling. Uh, Yeah, just kind of make a comment. I'm sure you get plenty of calls about this today. Kawhi Short being cut, I mean, we knew it was going to take place. Big cap savings. I I guess Weatherly will probably be next. I'm sure there'll be some others. It's about time. I mean, he was serviceable over the year. But last year, that defensive line played pretty well without him when he was out and the money we had to spend. I I really feel that when we do, um, of letting him go, we definitely need to take one guy on the defensive line every draft, one defensive line, whether it be an edge rusher or defensive tackle. We got to at least get a mid-round draft pick if we can, um, to solidify losing someone. Um, the second thing I'm going to look at here, these reports, and I'm sure it's speculation and it's just clickbait, but you know, there's this report out here that we're going to trade for Deshaun and um, we're going to give up three first-rounders, Bridgewater and McCaffrey. Now, I'm going to go on that with McCaffrey. I know some of y'all are willing to do it.
3: David Newton Uh, news.
10: I would take the deal if it was three first-rounders and Bridgewater. We know we give up the eighth pick this year if we get Watson. That's a no-brainer. We come out ahead in that deal. Two years after that, giving up a first-rounder, if we're as good as we should be, and if Watson makes that much of a difference – They're late first-round picks if we make the playoffs. So you're talking about high second-round picks, basically. It's definitely worth it. We definitely got to drop Bridgewater with the salary. I don't even know I used to be wanting, but maybe it would would help. McCaffrey is a deal-breaker to me. I know his salary would hurt uh, to carry on and and Watson, but I just think that the duo with them in the the backfield for Carolina would be incredible with our offense. That's another deal with me if we get rid of McCaffrey. Um, now, one thing we ought to look at, too, we definitely know that if we end up drafting a quarterback, I don't know how we're going to better keep Bridgewater because I just don't see him being the kind of guy that's going to willingly sit back and train someone to take his place. Or if he starts struggling with getting the rookie in, it's just not going to end well. We've got to get him out of Carolina even if we take the loss of his cut. It Except- sucks. Ch- Chuck, Chuck is on board. World world. We're not always on top of things. It was one mistake I've seen this
3: organization make. The
2: the don't worry. Come on, Chuck. No one. <laughs> I love that. I love Thank that optimism there.
3: Chuck. Thanks, Chuck. Uh, my man, Chuck in Elizabeth City, big part of the show. He said in our, his last call, recent edition in this past year, we're in season nine, and I expect Chuck to be a fixture of this show moving forward for the next 90 years where we make zero mistakes on the show and as part of the organization. Interesting thought about this is, would Teddy Bridgewater be toxic? <laughs> toxic Teddy Bridgewater. You bring in Trey Lance, you bring in this. I feel like we would just be like, if he won't in line, if he ain't towing the, the what is it? To, towing the business... What do they call it when you like, Uh, you got to make.
4: Party line.
3: Yeah, is that, is that like you out of here? Like you either got, like you're going to be a scratch, healthy scratch every week or you get it together, bro. Yeah.
4: Jeez. And also, why, what would make him feel entitled, especially playing quarterback okay. in the NFL? What would make him feel so entitled to the chat job?
3: room? Beat me to the punch, chat room.
4: Like did he? I mean, it's it's in. Oh, dude! Oh man, you and his so predictable, Tony. Done. But listen, I, dude, I'm I'm it. He pisses me off, man. Like it went to a point where it was like it, it sucked because I didn't think Teddy Bridgewater was going to be good, and I I wanted him to be good because he was on the team, but also he was a success story. But like I just wasn't kind of that like my, my because my everybody
3: excited. started to love him when it was clear that we that not we' because first, I think we have been very consistent from the beginning. The I'm like ready year. to go back and the tape like bring yeah, me back to the, the, the tape where before you before saw that, that I was excited about Teddy bridgewater but never no. I think it was the. Small vocal group of Teddy Bridgewater like advocates that really pushed us away.
5: Yeah, like it uh, wasn't even his
3: play, it was like, Oh, uh, it was like, you know what? We don't hate Teddy Bridgewater, we don't even hate Marty Herney. We hate these four assholes, yeah, on the we internet.
5: hate y'all <laughs> 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 that
4: love him. Yeah, yeah. We hate y'all trying to pretend like he's some god to gift a quarterback. Uh, yeah, and dude, that's like blind fandom, man. Cheering for a guy and hoping that he's going to be something that he isn't. That was a pipe dream, man. Um, But I said before, I said tonight, I would prefer to have Deshaun and Christian be on our team. Both of them. I just wish that it wasn't for the dollar amount that we're uh, paying Christian. By the way, I can't wait until we get to my ice pit tonight
13: because I really you don't have either yeah. on the
3: team. That would be funny. All right. Next All right. call.
13: Hey, guys. It's Dolphin here. I, I, I called in. I, I, I sort of watched the show. during the, the season. Love the podcast. David's nice. name is Dolphin.
3: Um, Thanks, man.
13: Just want to get your guys' thoughts on a few things. Uh, one, we obviously know that KK got cut today. Um uh, Panther budget second round pick in 2013. He, he yeah he had some good years there. Uh, I mean we we loved him. Uh, injuries last two seasons really really you know hurt him. Obviously uh, they I mean it it really the reason I think he's gone. I mean his production even for 2017 his last full healthy season was, was a really good one. Uh, he was definitely dominant the rush for us. One of the best defensive tackles that we've, we've had here. Um. Yeah, you know, I think he's had over 32 sacks from inside. He, I mean, that was very. I mean, him and Star, that 2013 class, they, they, they were they were dirty, and we, we, we're miss, I'm sure. I mean, we're missing Star in a way. He got some good money, and he might go to Buffalo. He might go to Buffalo joint Star up there. We all. Mm-hmm. I mean, Star did so much for us in terms of run defense, one of the better run stoppers in, our, in the league. But what do you? Um, this is kind of a Cody question. Uh, and, and, and anybody really. Uh, but I know Cody's been very big on the Deshaun Watson front. What is the line um, for, for us training for Deshaun, in your opinion, Cody? Because, I, I mean, we have a lot of young guys on this team. Sorry if you guys hear the car. I'm on the way to my mom's right now. But w- what is the line? Um, Brian Burns is a guy I'm not really wanting to give up. Uh <laughs> Derek Brown's a guy I really don't want to give up. Uh, and that definitely not him I mean, those are – I saw a trick scenario today just scrolling through on, on Twitter, and I think it was Chad Forbes who was talking about it, how the Panthers wouldn't be dumb to give up, you know, Derek why, what, Derek Chen, and uh, Brian, and two firsts on top of it for Song. Hmm. Like that song. That's the nice whole fucking
3: awesome team, really. bro. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's too, great. Uh, that's too I much.
13: He's top three, arguably. I mean, when top they five, say two, two defensive players, think, uh, they don't Wilson, mean Russell the Wilson
3: best
13: and, ones. Uh, Josh Allen, are both up there but aaron Rodgers, obviously but yeah cody what do you think about that and are you if it does come down to, like i don't want to trade up for the you know the third pick in the draft it would suck so much just because we won that game against washington we'd have to give up another first round pick to move up most likely or or, or later later assets which is, which will be frustrating for me i think we can get a guy like trey lance today and if we're not going to get quarterback as much as i don't like teddy I'd rather us be not do something dumb like trying to give up our eighth pick for Stafford and just deal with another year of Teddy. Get out, get out of his deal next year cheap, and you know try and bring in Patrick Sertan or something like that this year. As much as I think it'd be for but excitement. But um, for this next season because Tampa fans are fed up with Teddy. All
3: right, I think there's... Uh, and I know that question is directed for you, but I kind of am in the camp right now of let a quarterback fall to us at eight. Like I feel like I'm like, come on, Trey Lance, come on, Justin Fields, somebody's falling to us at eight, and we don't got a Trey lot of
5: my
4: drafts have that happening. And I know you mentioned that to me on Twitter too. Um, uh, like, I've seen it I, I've seen a lot of them with Trey lands falling to the us the
3: Falcons can't pick a quarterback they can't they can't trade Ryan we don't we
4: don't we don't know that I, I, I think if right now I'm, things are actually starting to look good I agree with you in saying that it does look more favorable that we might be able to just stay there but the fact that it's not guaranteed you know you don't want to have your dick in your hand at the last minute uh, you know, uh, thinking that one's going to fall to you and then the top four are gone, you know? Uh, but to answer his question specifically, though, where is my line? Um, basically, all three of the players that you mentioned, uh, Brian Burns, um, Derek Brown, Jeremy Chin, because it's at the point where it's like, yeah, I would love to have Deshaun on this football team, but I don't want to put Deshaun Watson in the same a similar uh situation to cam newton what cam newton Sean
3: watson was already yeah in. was already <laughs> in but he's
4: having to elevate the talent run for his life um i would also throw T- uh, taylor moton in that list too because right? i think no matter who our quarterback is it's so important to have a dominant left and right tackle and those are hard to come by so no matter who the quarterback is that guy is valuable You know, uh, it, you know, it's a quarterback sport, but dude, it takes 11 guys at a time working in unison. And, uh, you know, we can't just mortgage our entire defense to bring in Deshaun Watson. Um, that's why I'm okay with doing it for maybe a player, maybe one player and a few picks, you know, later on down the road. Um, but yeah, I, I I draw I definitely draw the line at Brian Burns. How about this? Out of all those names, to me, Brian Burns is the most important of those three.
3: If for me, it's Burns and Chen. Like I need these both of those guys on my team going forward. Uh, Moten, we need them, but you got to sign them. So if you don't sign them, who gives a shit? Uh, here's the draft order: uh, Jacksonville, New York Jets, Miami Dolphins. Atlanta Falcons, Cincinnati Bengals, Philadelphia Eagles, Detroit Lions, Carolina Panthers at eight. You know, the team that really scares me here and screwing up our efforts is the Philadelphia Eagles and those assholes who have Carson Wentz on a giant deal who just got Jalen Hurts. I would hate to have to trade from eight to five just to leapfrog the damn Eagles that would drive me nuts, uh, but it might need to happen if uh Cody is right. I'm hoping that Trey Lance falls to us at eight, Justin Fields falls to us at eight. And if you know what, if none of those do and we sit pat, then uh, stand pat, then we need to get that a Soul dude and uh, think about next year. Uh, let's go to the next goal,
14: my podcast, brothers. How y'all oh, doing? Oh, jeez. If you guys haven't talked about it already, I want to break it down to people who are are now just tuning in, breaking news. I just saw on Twitter that the Panthers are willing to give up Christian McCaffrey to sign Deshaun Watson. What in the living hell, man? Uh Uh-uh. That shit does not look good. I would not do that, even though in all reality, let's be honest, gentlemen, there hasn't been a player especially a running back to get paid a hundred million dollars to win the Super Bowl or even get there. Let's be honest. But there's no That's way right. in hell I would do this. I wouldn't. No way in Why hell you?
12: i John watson.
14: You know what I'm saying? But uh uh-uh. uh there's no way in hell I'll give up CMC. I mean we lost Cam. We lost Greg Olson, you know Luke completely went out, you know, due to injury or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Come on now, man, y'all. CMC is once-in-a-lifetime running back. Bro. Oh, my God, man. When I was a kid, there was a gentleman by the name of Roger Craig that used to play for the 49ers who could catch the ball and run. Then there was Marshall Falk, and now mm-hmm. you got people like Christian McCaffrey. There's no way in hell I would do this shit, man. And,
3: Even and though let's they got not balls, sleep on Christian, man. Shit just off because... if they did that
14: shit, but come on now, y'all. Uh-uh. Give me your sauce
3: on that. Keep out. Uh, gee, the, I think the first thing about your call that I like is this, is let's not sleep. Uh, NFL fans and NFL GMs and NFL teams have recency bias. Particularly, you want to know about this? Look at fantasy football rankings next year. It's just going to be the dudes that had the most stats this past year, and it'll be one, two, three, four, five. And all of a sudden, you're going to be like, oh, shit, Christian McCaffrey, They hid him, they protected him from injury, and he's going to have like a bazillion yards, right? And he'll be the number one running back before you know it. I think the other thing is, is that let's talk about Deshaun and Christian on the same team. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear that conversation. But my last point about this, I'm turning the mic to Cody. There is a guy by the name of, I told you guys about him last week, and John McClain, Houston Chronicle. Yeah. Uh, he, he, you can, this guy is a treasure trove of discussion. Wonderful. I listened to us for days. But he said that they were talking about the uh, Warren Moon and how the Houston Oilers had to get rid of him because of the salary cap. They had just created the salary cap, nobody knew how it was going to work. But the thought was, is man, we have warm moon. We're just gonna find our next warm moon, and we'll be back, you know. And forty years later, they find Deshaun Watson. You know, it took forty years ultimately, or whatever it was, thirty years for them trying to find their warm moon.
2: So, find a bit misleading because they thought that they found their their Warren Moon, I mean, I'm not obviously to the same car, extent, but with, with car, Matt Schaub. Car, Do you remember how much he paid? Yeah, car. I thought you thought you were
3: going to say car. Car too, don't get me wrong, but like car was the first. He was Schaub, number one I mean, ever, you gotta remember but, Schaub, they fell off a cliff. but they thought they found him, but they didn't find him. Yeah, correct. Him. They didn't find him. Deshaun Watson is they found him yeah. and it's kind of like, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. You just want to punt when you got, you know, what is it? A bird in a hand or yeah, two? bird Blues in the hand. Day yeah. day. Cody, you got anything to say about that? Because I know you're going to say this is Deshaun Watson's better than CMC.
4: Well, he is, man. It's position value. It's like shout out G, but like that's a, you're, you're looking at it from a fan. You, you, from a fans' perspective, which is what this podcast is, no, no shame in that. But, like, it's after losing so many players, we can't lose Christian. But the idea of it is is that Deshaun would do more for us than Christian does because the quarterback position is far more important than the running back position. And the evidence has been the last two years of Panthers football even when we had a good running game even when christian was on doing his thing we didn't have a quarterback so it didn't amount for much when we wanted to pass the football. what
3: if he could pair the two and marry them like that would be a,
4: that, sure. listen that's that's the dream like that that is the dream that's why you know the, again I'm, I'm conflicted because of the whole contract thing but yeah i'm not I'm not stupid, dude. Deshaun Watson and Christian McCaffrey in the same backfield. And, dude, if somehow we were able to keep Curtis and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, like, dude, if we can get some offensive line picks, like, all of a sudden this this offense is humming in a way that it, it hasn't been able to do before. Um, So. All
3: right. Next call. Yeah.
6: Scoring on C3 Nation. It's your boy, Jay Anderson, hitting okay. y'all up.
3: Well, Jay.
6: Um, yeah, the Panthers getting rid of KK short. I'm cool I'm cool with that. I think KK being wanted to leave. I think KK wanted to leave since last year. I don't think KK would hurt. I don't, I don't think KK was really hurt. I think KK <laughs> just... not hurt. Like, oh, it's
3: all. just getting sur- <laughs> fake surgery? Let me
6: try to find a way to get the hell out of here. <laughs> I don't think he do not um, be on the team. And who can blame him? The way, I mean, he was on the contending team. He came in on the contending team, you know, um, NFC South contending team, you know. And I mean, he just, hey, man, like, it's all good. Shout out to KK for the um, couple of years that he had a good run with us. You know, he probably beat. Do like Kevin Nash and say, "Hey, I'm healthy with another team," and just <laughs> fall out
5: in some <laughs> way. So,
6: you know, shout out to him. I ain't mad at it. And nothing like that. Um, another thing. I another thing. Um, I believe that the Panthers have been showing their cards too much by wanting yes. the it because he had, the, you know, and I know it's talk and shit. I know it's, you know, all these um reporters coming from what you know they um you know they they call it how they see it call it desperation to me i think that the Panthers show too much of a card that they want a quarterback and that may want somebody that may have somebody below us to jump in front of us cuz 8 isn't even though 8 is a nice spot being in the top 10 is not a great spot it's not a it's not a good for a, you know, like a top five spot and stuff like that. So you yeah. kind of, you know, you know that's why a lot of people are upset about that Washington um, W stuff <laughs> because so, we could have probably been in the top. We would have been in our um, number three.
2: We would have been three. Been
6: three. Number three spot and have a short thing like now nah, y'all either have to trade, you know, give us something special or y'all going to have to jump over to number two, which is going to be, you know, jump to number two, which is going to be tough. For any team to um to get that number two spot, they got to trade the house. So I mean, hopefully, you know, we end up getting a quarterback. Hopefully, a Fields or um Lance falls, and we get one of them. All right, y'all, y'all. how you All All
3: right, good call, man. Good call. Let's keep pounding through. Yo, yo, Tony man,
9: Tony, you you know you know that fucking for one Newton newton got a problem with uh with with cmc so he, he just in, initiating that beat i don't know if you already seen the little thing when uh oh he's that's talking right. about uh, CMC that's right that's right he's saying he says she say shit and then oh the oh CMC oh I'm, paus- back-
3: I'm pausing this we're coming back to this conversation we're coming back don't worry the call's not over but he's right yeah the beef me. was last week between cmc and newton and now newton's dropping the Oh, ball protection, I
9: <laughs> keep going. tweets, like, hold on, man, don't ever put my motherfucking words in your mouth the way I didn't say them. You know what I'm and, He's like, uh, well, don't put you in my and trade. On, on agreement. the Teddy bullshit, Teddy's a part of the trade, so uh, I don't, I don't, I think we gotta, we gotta eat up this, Call this uh, year right here. You know what I'm saying? But also, Houston eats. up uh, if you look it up. Houston eats up most of this, this shit on this year. I, I think we only got to pay, like, 17 or even less. I think, like, 12, you know, M's this year. And uh, and then we don't have to pay Teddy, you know what I'm saying, year after. But on the year after, we're going to have to pay uh, the, you know what I'm saying, uh, Watson's real contract was, like, 37 M's. So that's what's going to be pretty detrimental. But we should have that shit saved up because we shouldn't have to be dealing with no motherfucking, uh, 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 no little uh no, no, no capital fiascos, and we got the boy fitting, fitting motherfuckers in the right position. So, uh, you know what I mean. Just, just stay up with your boys. Stay positive. Shout out, shout out, fucking CK. Shout out, Cody. You know what I mean. Just, just, sure. you know, I just always open up the fucking Panthers. Happen. Just envision motherfucking Watson finally being up on here, and this is just one step closer to to seeing my vision come true. And I've been said this. I would and will. And it's going to happen. Give three picks for CMC, you know, three picks with CMC and Teddy B. Send them motherfuckers on a ship. Send back your boy fucking Watson and let the games begin. Shout out your boy QT Zero out here in Cali, Maine. to hey. call calling against, talk some more shit. You know what I'm saying? If I hear y'all saying something wrong, I'm going to cap on you about it.
3: Thanks QT, <laughs> QT what a Good call tonight man Very, Well first of all he brings a lot of good calls But a good call tonight I call it Watson Vision Y'all be watching On Disney Plus My, mo- <laughs> My mom is in the chat room She said put some soap in his mouth She uh-huh. called it <laughs> but She said soap award But that means uh, uh, Wash your mouth out with soap Uh <laughs> But uh, we were listening. Uh, we've been watching that, uh, or some people are watching it. I have not been blown away yet. Watched three episodes of it. Wandavision. Not. It's a slow burn to start. I, I'm. A, I'm gonna let slow burns burn slowly. But I'm calling it Watson Vision. Watson vision. He's got it. Watson vision. All right, next call.
14: Hey, what's up? This is Kevin. Yo, I am, I am all down. I'm a hundred percent in on Trey Lance. Um, I think we should get a quarterback uh, in the draft, but you know, I'm fine. Even if we don't, um, I don't think we should ruin our future though with draft picks trying to go out and get, you know, a quarterback like Deshaun as much as I would love to see it. Um, even if we did, I'd still be happy, but, uh, I think we should go trade Lance or no quarterback at all and, and just really start to build in the trenches on both sides.
3: All right. All right. You know what is that? Look, is that that's the kind of safe play. And it's not even a safe play. It's just a logical play, right, is that if the guy – if the opportunity is not there, if you pick a tight end, I my mother will have to wash my mouth out with soap. That's what I'm saying, is that if we the only way I will be upset is that if we get to 8 and we pass say say all the QBs are gone and then someone traded up and they gave us they gave up all this mess and we didn't want to do it for Trey Lance or whatever and we picked that left tackle I'll be on this podcast going you know what we're going to build the trenches we're going to come back next year we're going to be still searching for our guy and this and that Right, but if we pick a damn tight end or a middle linebacker, I'm gonna lose my mind. I would even be okay at eight taking a straight up lockdown shut down corner that falls because all these quarterbacks are being drafted. I would be fine with trading back, but this is what I would not be fine with right now. What Panthers Buzz FSU twenty three says. Dak and Marcus Def upgrade over Teddy. Yes, they are. But are they an upgrade for the future? We don't know what Dak is going to bring with the injury. Marcus Mariota sounds cool on the face of it. Actually, it doesn't because I didn't ever think it was that good anyway. But... It sounds kind of cool. You're like, oh, we'll get this retread first rounder and we'll do the. No, he's supposed to be paid $20 million next year if he pays 60% of the snaps. Like he gets paid if he starts, if he's a starter, he gets paid like legit money in a second year. That's part of his contract. So, like, I just don't even want to do that. I'd rather start over. And yeah. I will be more open to Sam Darnold. Like, right. I, know, it's all- I, I don't think it's a great thing, but I'm just saying this is like, if we're going to get a $2 million guy, you know, like, I would be like, all right, I'd rather kick the tires on him than Marcus Mariota. Yeah. How about that? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I know it's not ideal, but all right. So you have two decisions. You don't have any other decision, Cody. You kick the tires on Mariota, or you kick the tires on. Sam Darnold, which one would you do?
4: Darnold, just because he's younger and you can say that he went to a bad
3: situation. Yes. Um, and you come on this podcast all the time and tell us how situations matter.
4: Yeah, but, I mean, there's also no yes, guarantee you do. that, you that do. Is, it's going to work out.
3: No, but us. there's no guarantee that Mariota would either. There's less of, uh, like... It's no, always like saying this, is that uh, just getting away from Adam Gase is a good thing.
4: Yeah. <laughs> no, that's- Anna Hill, like this
3: and that. All right. All right. Here, next call. Hey, yo, what's up? Uh, yo,
13: what's the deal?
3: I'm just wondering,
13: would y'all, would y'all trade uh, McCaffrey for Watson? And so.
3: Yes. Well, out, absolutely. We're it's stupid it. as hell. I don't know what that meant, but yes, sign it, sign it. All right. Those are all the calls. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. The number is 252-228-5098. We're here next Tuesday. We still got a little bit to talk about. We got our ice up picks. We got some different things. Last thing is uh, Orlando. Tell tell us about a cat. Um, And someone brought this up on the show, and I'm upset I didn't, you know, it was so late last week. And, again, we're getting here late the guy from uh, the Ravens, the tackle. Tell me. Right. So what are the situations that the Panthers could trade for him? Why should they? And ultimately, I think that what is it going to take?
4: Well, so the story is uh, their left tackle is Ronnie Stanley. And Orlando Brown has been playing right tackle for them. And he wants to go back to his original position. They played in college. He wants to play left tackle. Um, so he wants to uh, make a trade. My problem is, is like, dude, this quarterback thing is an issue for us. Because why are we going to trade picks or whatever to get a left tackle when that's all capital that we're probably going to need to get a quarterback? Be it through free agency or in the draft. So it's like again, it's such inopportune timing to need a quarterback. That's why we need to move heaven and earth to get our quarterback so that way this doesn't remain a problem. And when situations happen like this, we can capitalize on them. But I would not mind Orlando Brown as a left tackle.
3: What uh, would I, you I, do? What would you do if this is Trey Lance falls to us at eight, We pick Trey Lance would you then be ready, would the time, would it be opportune at that point to trade next year's first for Brown? Or do you try to build a a line more organically without doing that trading? Because here's the thing is I don't even want to trade this year – like the only thing maybe I would trade this year's first straight up for him, <laughs> and that's still a lot. I feel yeah. like that's still kind of a lot. Is what that our is pick? yeah, like would you just yeah. straight tra- like would you straight up trade our eighth pick for him right now? No, no, like is no, that no. the quarterbacks are off the board, right? How about that? We have talked about Deshaun Watson being a proven commodity. Right and how there's value at that. Say all the quarterbacks are off the board, you have a couple options. You got a, you got the penne-soul, you got the trade-back option, or you could just straight-up trade to eighth for the Brown kid. Which of those three do you do? Or uh, specifically about Brown, what do you do?
4: I mean, th- and then there's Rashawn Slater, who y'all don't know about yet, who I think is... Uh, making his case to be the number one tackle in this class.
12: Ooh.
4: Yeah, Daniel Jeremiah is kind of on it first, putting it out there. And, uh, he's, he's good. His, his film when he went up against Chase Young, uh, the year before at Ohio State, he shut him down completely, which is crazy. Um, but no, I'm not into trading. Um, let's just get younger. I mean, instead of getting, um, a guy that we're going to have to pay soon, get younger, get cheaper. I think that needs to be the idea. Um, we've had two general managers that have ruined this uh, roster and ruined our salary cap, and we need to start making the the steps in the right direction to fix it. Um, and, again, if we already had an established quarterback, then maybe. But right now, no. I say you go with the young guy, and get him on a rookie contract, have a fifth year option and take a take the best player available
3: i like that i'm with you on that all right um any other things you guys gotta get off your chest before we ice some fools up no not
4: not not really about uh the panthers no i'm ready to hit this ice up i think all
3: right all right so it's time for the ice up segment it is the longest running segment on the C3 Panthers podcast. It actually is probably the only segment at this point. Oh, cat calls now. We have like two segments. We used to try to do things like breaking down the box different. Should probably get back to that. It's so our time to tell someone to ice up, toughen up to get it together. It's our homage to Steve Smith. Everyone is fair game. Uh, except for my mama who was in the chat room. I would say mama done what we call Noni, up in the house. Don't be messing with her. But other than that, who wants to go first? I'll do it, man. Mine's fresh off my head, unless one of you... uh, Oh, I got a good one
4: Yeah, man, listen. So after Tom Brady won the Super Bowl, uh, there's been a lot of good questioning about GOATs. Greatest all-time players. And who would be on the Mount Rushmore of greatest all-time players Um, And this conversation is being had where a a person is being mentioned as the greatest all-time athlete, and they just don't deserve to be. And I'm talking about Serena Williams. And listen, dude, I am not trying to shit on Serena Williams. I think she's an incredible athlete. Uh, I think that she's easily the most dominant uh, female athlete across all sports. There has ever been. I mean, maybe Miriam Jones and in, in racing, but like, there have been a few, maybe Layla Ali in boxing,
3: but uh, the, who's the the girl that does the gymnastics? A lot of people um, her. Simone Biles. Simone yeah.
4: Biles. Yeah, yeah okay. Man, you know, there's there's definitely a conversation to be had. But the minute you start saying that she is on par with or above the level of Michael Jordan, Tom Brady lebron james floyd mayweather like dude get out of here with that shit and it's not it's not rooted in sexism either the the amount of uh the ease of access that women have to get into tennis like you have to kind of come from money to play tennis growing up right like poor kids don't play tennis okay so there's a financial barrier that is in the sport right And then you look at the level of competition. Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, Floyd Mayweather, if you look at the guys that they have had to go up against, it is a literal who's who of the best athletes in their respective sports of all time. Of all time. I'm sorry, but but female tennis and the level of competition does not stack up to where she is to be considered one of the greatest all time athletes. I'm sorry, she doesn't even compare to like Pete Sampras and uh, Nadal and Federer and, and all those guys. Uh, I, I'm sorry, it's just yeah,
3: I disagree with this. take so
4: much. I, I don't care, man. Like, these people are, are whenever you face the best competition She's in that, the that world for like
3: 20 years, bro.
4: Yeah, and, and the best female player. Of all time. I'm sorry, but you have to draw uh, the, the difference in comparison between male and female because I don't think it compares, man. It really doesn't to me. I'm not right, saying she has to be So I'm icing yeah, up everyone because it's insulting to all the real ghosts and the people who have earned Damn, All the real ghosts, this bitch is like the best. At
9: At yeah, score, but, ever, yeah, ever. yeah, but ever.
3: Ever don't
4: fine. Don't put her ahead of LeBron. Don't put her ahead of Floyd. Don't put her ahead I of her ahead. I agree.
3: All who, right. That's, who, it's who, your who is, ice
4: you, up pick. It. It's your ice pick. The only don't as a genuine question. But who would you out of those four names I mentioned, Tom Brady, Floyd Mayweather, LeBron, um, and, and MJ, who would you put Serena above? LeBron. You would Serena she is a better, LeBron, a better Lebron. Lebron is lost.
3: Look, look I would, yeah, I would. Just,
4: well, it's Bro. like, nah,
3: don't call me. It's look. If you want to say athletes, that's one thing because then, like, we could be talking. Simone Biles should probably be the most athletic person. You're talking about like the tip top of their sport. Right? And I think this is that, look, is MJ didn't really lose. Maybe I'm, I'm like, maybe I'm sugarcoating the past. I don't remember a lot. Floyd Mayweather never lost, bro. No.
4: Never. Floyd lost, bro. is one of the... LeBron, I would say, has
3: lost some shit. It's like, she has been dominant. I think she only lost, like, her first match, and she was, like, having a baby.
4: Yeah, but LeBron you was know? also I mean, growing up.
3: Like, yeah. she, she has did- been the most dominant. She is... And and this is maybe where we should not go crazy about. Sometimes it's okay to just say this is the best apple pie and this is the best cherry pie.
4: Yeah, maybe a little bit of that. I just don't know. uh, Because
3: if I said this, if I said Floyd Mayweather is the best fighter I've ever seen, which I actually do believe, Right, is the mugs are going to come chirping in. Cody's going to be coming in and saying, MMA, MMA, these mugs, he could jujitsu this this, motherfucker of all time. Like you can see, but this guy, I was watching this. I love Floyd. I love Floyd. I was watching this one video on him. If you just want to go watch cool shit, just go watch boxing on YouTube. It's awesome. But this trainer was talking with Floyd and he said, damn, you could fight in a phone booth, couldn't you? Like yeah, it's yeah, like this. It's like this motherfucker ain't getting hit nowhere, bro. Yeah, you're but not I, no, I think Serena. So I disagree with you. LeBron ice up, James. Right? It's your bro. ice up pick. It's your ice up. He went one. up
4: against the Golden State Warriors, man. That that's who he was
3: losing to. He lost to the Mavericks, I think, or he's lost like three championships, right? He ain't lost like just one. All right, it's your Ice up pick. I, ice up Serena people that love the best it, people, no, people that, 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 people that
4: overrate serenity, out of all the people that I thought coach.
3: you were the last person in the world that I would have thought that would have taken that beautiful chocolate woman. And been I like love
4: she, Serena. Uh, I can hold two opposing uh, ideas uh, in my uh, head at the same time. I love uh, Christian McCaffrey, the player, but the man is overpaid. I think Serena is beautiful and dominant, but she doesn't compare to all the real goats, dude. I rest wow, my case. I, I
3: disagree. All right, I disagree. CK, what you got? Uh, I'm like to ice up Cody last. I'm just kidding.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Do it. I don't
3: even
2: care. No, I'm just Maybe kidding. I, I didn't de- have an Maybe ice up tonight. But...
4: Maybe I deserve
2: it. I don't I, I couldn't think of an ice up that uh, right. I haven't already touched on with regard one? to David Newton. All right. All right. Here's I mean, David Newton's already pick. been he's already I iced him up last right. week. I know, and he's back in the news.
3: Yeah. Um, it's like a perpetual ice up pick for David Newton. Yeah, we'll just we say David down. Newton. We keep him on ice like that old casserole that we don't want to eat in the freezer. Should we
2: all like? Should we just get together and like cre- not create a petition, but like just create a group of people that are willing to write a letter to the manager and then just. Oh, they're already there.
3: there. They're just- already there, bro. You don't even have to create the group; it already exists. We'll just and we'll just won't sign work. it
2: collectively. It's Karen. not gonna work.
3: That's gonna <laughs> collectively. It will make him. It will entrench him more. Yeah. The only way to get rid of David Newton is to not Let's care. About to it. shit. Like it's like when he not pay, when he misspells something, be like nothing. That's the only way to get rid of him. He has generated more interest by being him than by anything. All right. My ice up pick is this is I broke my thumb over the holiday. Look, I got split off. I had this surgery. So I go to the doctor for the last time and you go in there and you got to go see the, the last time I saw the surgeon, excuse me, I should call him the surgeon, the surgeon for the third. I saw him three times. I saw him the pre the middle, like after they check it after two weeks and then they check it at the end in between you hang out with the physical therapy people. So um part of the COVID requirements when you roll up into a doctor's office is they take your temperature. And I always like, I have like, uh, like I wear a hat a lot like this. So you go get your temperature taken. You got to lean in, you know, they got the little thing. So you take your hat off like this to give them like the full forehead, not a three head. You need a forehead. So I take my hat off like this And this girl, the the girl that was Working the desk was probably like 20, 22 years old And let me just say this, not an Intimidating 22 years old You know Is that, like, you're not like the 39 year old guy who's like, oh my God, this is the most gorgeous 22 year old, you know like
2: Basically you were looking into a mirror
3: (laughs) Okay Ouch Uh, so I take my hat off like this to give her the forehead access. And she goes, Whoa, you got some gray hair. And I was like, I was like, well, duh. Like, I mean, like, and look, I'm used to this is my, like I had my first gray hair when I was in eighth grade. I've been salt and pepper for a while, you know, no big deal. So I, every time someone says to me like, Oh, you got a lot of gray for your age. I always say, well, I had my first gray hair when I was in eighth grade. You know, like, it's just kind of like the conversation you go down. And so she says this, and I say that, and it's kind of joking at first. And the girl beside her is like this. She's like, oh, God, this girl said he got gray hair. Like, so she's listening. And so I said, well, at least I got this beautiful head of hair. You know, that's what I said. Like, and then I put my hat back on. And this 20-year-old goes, hmm. No, she didn't say, said, She said, man, my dad is not much older than you. And he ain't got no hair. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were about to say
2: she was switching your number or something. And
0: I was like, (laughs)
2: bitch.
0: I
3: was like, bitch. I am 39 years old. I understand I got some great hairs. I got this beautiful Fantastic lettuce to B, but C, I ain't got nothing in common with your bald ass dad. Dad. I,
4: I, at that point, she's dad, trying, dad, she is trying to be disrespectful at that point. Yes, yes, like you
3: doubled Yes. Yeah.
4: She, she was she was trying to shade you. Get the
3: fuck out of here. <laughs> you want nothing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> this thumb is Garbage now. Oh, no. <laughs> nah. But I played some video games for the first time. It was awesome. Can you grip some shit? Yeah, I can I could it's all right. It's just like not the total bandy. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. look, that's the difference. So it's gonna get there. All right. That's the C3 Panthers podcast. Numbers 252-228-5098. My name's Tony Dunn. They call me the professor. You can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles that's right at at symbol cat cat underscore chronicles we want you to be a part of the c3 Panthers podcast look it don't cost nothing sub up share up write a review hell give me a thumbs down tell me that i look like your dad for all i give a shit but just help us spread the word that the Longest Running Panthers podcast in their ninth season, trying to build this community, hanging out with Cody Lastney. where can they find you?
4: Yeah, man, find me on Twitter, at Cody Lack, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Uh, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. I think I'm going to keep that trend, man. I might do a poll every week and uh, just give us something to participate with and, uh, and uh, you know, talk about and get some fan interaction. So check out my Twitter Um, And then uh, every other week uh, is a brand-new draft on drafttech.com with all first-round comments written by yours truly. Y'all, I put David Newton to shame, okay? I'm actually writing good shit. I put David Newton to shame, reading my shit. I'm really doing good work over there, trying my best to write some solid stuff for Panther Nation. That's it. Check me out. All
2: right, CK, how can they get after you? You can get after me at uh, Facebook.g, or FB.gg, or Facebook Gaming, wherever you uh, would like to watch streams, essentially, and uh, I'm uh, uh, codizzle underscore Allen. You can find me on most social media platforms that way as well, Uh, but yeah, uh, I stream most nights, have some fun, playing some Call of Duty, getting a little tired of Call of Duty, ready for something to either change with it, or I've been playing this uh, Escape from Tarkov, so if you guys are interested in watching that shit, watch me. You don't play right. Apex. Yeah. Um, I I played a little bit of Apex. It's not like um, it's not my go-to game or anything. Friends I know
3: play,
4: it. love it.
2: Yeah, Apex is good. Like, don't get me wrong. It's just eh. the problem is the audience. Like, it, yeah. it's it's the tough thing. It's tough to not play Call of Duty because that's what I've built my entire platform on. Was the you know playing Call of Duty. So I'm gonna have to
3: flip back and forth, flip back and forth, flip back and forth.
2: It's it's tough. That hurts the
3: algorithm a lot. uh, That's all right. Just do, just pick half your streams. All right. Um. Yes, I am your daddy, folks, and uh, this is the daddy of all podcasts. We'll see you Tuesday night. Uh, Until then, keep pounding. Hit me on Twitter, Gmail, wherever you want, and let me know. Do you want to get a Discord channel? I'm trying to make that next. All right.